Man, it's cold outside here. Well, well here we threw ourselves out. Oh, what are we gonna do now? First thing we need to do is figure out what we're gonna do with all of Coach's money. Yeah, right. Hey, you wanna uh, wanna buy some tickets, go inside, and mess with everybody? It's a great idea, but show sold out. Yeah, you're right. People knew we were here. Tickets went fast. Hey, let's look at a couple of scalpers. I bet you they've got tickets to the show you want to go see. Give it a shot. Excuse me, fellas. Hey, yo, what's up? It's crime time. It's crime time. What's up, baby? Hey, you guys don't have many tickets for the show, do you? Oh, do we, we have, have tickets? tickets. <laughs> Yo, what you need, baby? Yo, we got you uptown, downtown, all around, wherever you need, baby. We all need up in the grill. Get up all in the grill. Get up all up in the grill. Get up all in the grill. Get close by. You know what I'm saying? Get all down there. Sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. What? Oh, boy, boy, help. What's your man, baby? What's he saying? I don't understand him. Hold on to this. Let me handle this. I speak jive. Yo, 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 it's easy, the mathematics on that is kind of high. It's real high. Real high. You Three digits, brother. You got something for that. You got something for that, baby. What's he saying? Come on now. What's he saying? Gotta give him the money. There we go. There we go. Gotta pay the man. Yes. Somebody got paid, son. Somebody got paid. All right, get the keys on the Same time, baby. I don't know you, man. Same time, same time. Same time. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's do a little business with you, baby. Always, baby. Here we go, baby. Always, baby. Be easy, son. Be easy, son. Be easy, boy. One. 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 All right, man. For shizzle. Okay. Money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money, yeah, yeah. 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 Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, I guess who's 
back. I'm Leo. Up, up there is Mario. The heel, the heel, the deal, the villain, the face, chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And our third man, him and his wife are trying to make relationship goals great again from Suplex City, bitch. Yo, 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 let me speak on this. How's everybody doing? What's going on? This is episode 143 of the Lucha Outsider Show. And if you missed anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune in on Master, AppLowsRadio.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast meet. Getting it closer. By the way, Sam was smiling ear to ear when you were doing the whole intro. Like, <laughs> what's up, Sam? But, but that's Sam's gimmick. He's always happy. I'm in a good mood this morning, brother. I'm in a good mood this morning. This morning. All right. So what's up, guys? How you guys doing? What's Sam? up? I'm in a good mood this morning, but it, it's been a rough week for, for wrestling fans. Oh, we're we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Leo, how are you doing? I'm having an awesome week, okay? Just enjoying the time, nice weather. The sun's out real early this time of year. And, uh, yeah, wrestling. Woo. How about you, Sam? Uh, <laughs> man. So a lot, of, a lot of bad things has happened this week, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, AEW gave us a great night of wrestling last night, and we're going to talk about AEW. But we got to, you know, we got to start down, man. And Shad Gaspar from Crime Time. Uh, the dude legit died a hero to save his son. He yeah. defines what a guardian, a parent, and a father is. Um, when the news broke out, I did a, a post on it. And uh, I laid off of it. Just for the simple fact that there was so much uh, convoluted uh, takes and news articles about it, reports on it. And I was just like, you know what? Until there's a final say or something or something, some proof or of anything, I'm just not going to post anything. And I find it very, very disgusting that a lot of people, a lot of wrestling news outlets was already reporting the man's death yeah. before there was an actual report. And it just pisses me off. Why would... We got to do better, people, and that's going to lead to a lot of other things. When I mean, we got to do better. But, um, like they were already. I, got, I was very fortunate to meet Crime Time, Chad Gaspar, and JTG, JTG at uh, Mania Weekend last year. Uh, shout outs to Glenn; he made that happen, and we had a really great conversation. And I remember telling JTG during the conversation, "I'm like, dude, you look like you ate 2008." J- JTG. That's how big you look. And he goes like, and Shad May is like, man, don't tell him that, man. He's trying to catch up to me. And we were just all laughing. And they were the type of people, and I mean no offense when I say this, they acted like kids. And I'm not saying they were immature, but they didn't think like they were wrestling stars or anything like that. They were just always down to have fun. And they treated people like the fan base, us as a fan base, like more like friends and peers instead of like okay, I'm 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 just collecting a, a you know a paycheck right here to do this autograph signing. They didn't act that way, and it just also the outpouring support from all these uh, his peers, you know, in the wrestling community that just shouted him out and posted uh, nice tributes on the guy. And it just goes to show you that you know he was really a good dude, 
and a great father. And it's very heartbreaking. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Sam? Yeah, uh, it, it's terrible, terrible. Um, the, the man went out a hero. Um, I have a little bit of a, a story. The 2006 Survivor Series was Lita's last match. And if you remember at the end of the match, Crime Time came out and they did a wholesale. Um, and one of the things that they wound up selling was uh, Lita's vibrator or whatever. My buddy was sitting front row. Uh, shout out to Tony Serio. He actually bought it. And it, it was a it was a toothbrush, you know, one of those electronic toothbrushes wrapped in, in paper. But still, that's just like a, a funny little story. You know what I mean? To, to go back at like crime time as a tag team. They were actually one of my favorite tag teams of that era. It sucks they never won the tag titles. I was always like, damn, why didn't they get the tag titles? They were tag over. They were so over. They really were. And, um, man, it's just unfortunate what happened with Chad, man. He went out a hero. You know, um, it just sucks. That's honestly one of my biggest fears, drowning. So, oh, man, it's just it's – a, it's a terrible, terrible way to, to go out. And, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with, you know, his family and, you know, it's it's a rough rough loss for us as a as a community. Uh, Leo, you got any thoughts? You're a dad too, so. Uh... Well, it, it kind of hit close. Uh, I think to everybody who has kids. Um, but again, and, and I'm think I'm on the same line as you are, Mario. Like, I saw a lot of pages putting, "Oh, he's dead. He's gone. He's dead. He's dead." Like, I think only TMZ is the only one that said, okay, you know, they're still looking for the body. Like, you know, like they didn't use sensationalized. You know, you know how, how trash you got to be that TMZ had more of a, like, yeah. a decent outlook about this story? Of course. And TMZ is trash? Like, come on. And and then, you know, you, you had all these people uh, at the end of the day, you know, give their condolences and stuff like that. And But at the end of the day, like, if you were one of those people that, that wrote, that you took the time to write, because those, those posts don't write themselves, and you're like, oh, this guy's dead. No, man, there's always hope. Chris Masters drove how many hours just to go and keep searching after they called off the search? People didn't post on that. You know what I mean? Like, they over like, people dying. And we've had a couple of losses this week. But I think what with Chad, what a lot of people... Like, they didn't read into the whole thing. They just, oh, you know, he's an ex-wrestler. We should post about it. He died. But they never actually read the story on how, you know, what we talked about here, where he, the the you had the lifeguards going to him, and he pointed them to his son. Like, right. focus on that. And then say, you know what, the body's missing. And then when it is confirmed by the police that he did pass away, you know, when the, when the, when the body ended up coming ashore, then okay, then there you could post it. But if you're just doing it for the clicks, like I'm sorry, man. Like I have no respect for people that do that shit. So again, the posts don't write themselves. The person that wrote it should come forward and say, you know what, my bad. Yeah, it's it's definitely disgusting. We got to do better. Also, uh, they did a GoFundMe for Shad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who exactly set it up, and a lot of people were donating. Chris Jericho, Tony Khan, John Cena, uh, so, many, so many others, and John Cena donated and he donated under the name uh, i think ctcrip yep if i'm not mistaken and he donated i think like 40 grand or something like that Yeah, forty thousand. and what i find interesting is like 
people forget about CTC. CTC mm-hmm. was a thing uh, back in the forget it was like maybe t- uh, 2009 2008 i forget what year exactly it was but uh crime time and john cena were like a little stable it was it didn't last too long but that, that was something you know i thought i was like yo this is pretty cool i'm into it and then they just kind of didn't do nothing else with it but i was into it i don't know if you remember ctc uh sam yeah yeah i, I remember they like vandalized jbl's limo right and, right uh, they, they had a couple like uh six man tags on raw um Let's let's just talk about how great of a guy John Cena is. You know, still making make a wish, um, wishes come true in the middle of a pandemic. They were forty thousand short of their goal, and here he comes, anonymously. Even though we, as wrestling fans, we're we're smart. You know, we see through everything. CTCRAP. We put it together real quick that it was Cena. He puts them over their goal with the forty thousand um, dollar. You know donation he's he's a great guy yeah and uh, uh, you know he gets a lot of hate you know five moves of doom and things like that but the guy i can't remember him having a bad match unless you talk about like maybe him and the great colleague the guy was consistent for 10 years and had a run that nobody else can even match maybe bruno san martino is the only other one and has a heart of gold when you talk about you know donating 40, 40 grand, that that's a lot of fucking money. Um, and, you know, making these maker wishes still happen. The guy is one of the greatest of all time. And I think he gets uh, shit on by a lot of the, the smart marks in, in our, um, in our community, just because he can't, you know, do a bunch of flips or come off the top rope and do a Harakarana. We saw at the end of his run, he started doing some some extra stuff he's you know he started doing the canadian destroyer doing that kind of stuff so maybe you know we got to reevaluate where cena ranks um not only as like a you know a hall of fame person but just like in that like top 10 top five because i feel like a lot of times he gets he gets looked over you know so that's my take on it cena's a great dude man yeah but you know i think as the last couple of years, I think a lot of people that weren't Cena fans, and I'm not saying I was the biggest Cena fan either, but I think we kind of have a different appreciation for John Cena. I don't see that much of a hate. And I don't think the hate for Cena was ever him as a person, because everybody knows the dude's a great guy doing the Make-A-Wishes and doing all these donations and everything he does for kids. I think the hate m- was more towards his booking. I don't think it necessarily was the guy himself, you know? Like, at least I can only speak for myself. I never hated on him the person i just hated his atrocious booking and, and maybe all the title runs that he had that maybe he shouldn't have gone and they should have gave it to someone else i think that's where some people may question him but it's more of a character type thing i don't think it's uh him as a person he gave us a lot of great moments i don't think there's no argument from people like me that won't say that oh cena the dude's a hall of famer hands yeah. down a gamer he and, and and you know what i don't know if this is a great comparison but after watching like the the chicago bulls jordan uh documentary now granted jordan is the greatest of all time uh and come when it comes to basketball right but a lot of people say like you know while jordan is one of the greatest basketball players of all, t- of all time if not the greatest right lebron is the greatest of this right now era but he's also a better person than him right a lot right. of people say that 
that LeBron is a better person than Jordan. So, like, if you look at Hogan and Cena, Hogan, when you think of wrestling, you think of Hogan, right? Automatically. People that don't watch wrestling, they automatically think of Hogan. Right. Well, now people of this generation, they might just think John Cena, and also John Cena is a better person than Hulk yeah. Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking, like, we, we're we not a part of that that group that just hated Cena just to hate Cena. You, I'm don't, talking about, don't worry, Sam. I'm going to rant about the group of people that you're talking about just a little bit. Right. I'm talking about that group. And, we, you know, we're going to touch on that group later on in the show but the group i'm talking about is the people that booed him for no no reason the same people that boo roman reigns uh for no reason and i understand like his booking was shit at times but like we're talking about that fan base that just hates everything that can't be pleased and just consistently trolls you know, and that that's the fan base that I'm talking about. Like, that then needs go to watch be cricket. Group. Right. Well, you play, but I think I, I get what you're saying, Sam. But I think you're kind of convoluting a lot of things because, like, with the Roman booing, it was because of the booking. I think if you're booing Roman now, then you have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like back in 2015, 2016, 2017, when he was on top, like the dude was getting booed because it was. He, the WWE was giving a shit that we didn't want to see. They weren't paying attention to the reactions. Yeah, you weren't like, booing him. Mind, after, after he beat Taker at Mania, the following night at Raw, Roman couldn't get one word in. I remember that. Yeah, I remember right. that. So it wasn't, it's not that we're, I, and it's not that we hate the guy Joe. No, we just dislike the booking of Roman Reigns. No one's going to argue. Like, you got to, one thing that Leo always says, you got to, you got to separate the character and the person. Yeah. And you can't just because I'm like, I'm not a Cena fan doesn't mean I'm, I hate the guy just because I booed Cena at one night stand against RVD. Right. Doesn't mean I hate the man, John Cena, just because I booed Roman Reigns at a Dallas WrestleMania 32. I think it was. Doesn't mean I hate the guy, Joe. You, you, I just booed, don't. you booed the trademark. John yes, Cena I TM, boo, the one that's I on what TV. I'm watching. I boo yeah. the booking of it. That doesn't mean I hate Joe, but I do get what you're trying to say, Sam. All right. You know, as long as you get what I'm trying to say. No, I do. So let's talk about this fan base, all right? Because I'm about to go, I'm about to, I'm about to go on a rant right now. You got it. All right, here so we go. Unfortunately, yesterday it was reported that um, stardom wrestler Hana Kimura. 22-year-old, beautiful girl, talented girl, took her life because the, the people I dislike the most, the, the trolls of the world, the, the cyberbullying bullies of the world, forced this girl to take her life. Now, a lot of the tweets leading up to this were like, oh, people saying, like, I hope you die, because she was involved in some reality show out there called Terrence House, if I'm not mistaken, and I guess some people didn't like how she was she was portrayed in in the show i i don't know i don't know but it this led to a dark path I, I, she probably has already she probably had mental issues mental health issues that people didn't know about whether it's depression we don't know what it is right um and she was putting out tweets the night before of her like cutting herself and it was like really really fucking graphic she was tweeting this out 
And some of the tweets that translated, because she did tweet it out in Japanese, was saying like, I love I love you all, uh, goodbye. It was tweets down those lines. And then it came out yesterday that she took her life. I never understood, right, the concept. If you don't like someone, I don't understand the concept of me going to that person's page and saying, I don't like you. I never understood that concept. I, I never, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Like, and why it do you follow them? From, and it always comes from the people, right? It always comes from the people that don't even know what a vagina feels like. That never had an experience with sex. That are probably still virgins to this day. They, it comes from the people, right? That doesn't know how it feels to be intimate with someone. All right? They're the same people that spend their money on customs and harasses women online. Yeah. That's the type of people that do this type of shit. The trolls of the world. Oh, I don't are like they, you. But are oh, they how trolls? come you're not paying attention to me? Oh, you suck. Like, I, we need we live in a we live in a society today, right? Everything's about cancel culture, which I hate cancel culture. But let's let's cancel trolling. Let's cancel cyberbullying. That's something we should cancel. That's yeah. something that we need to cancel. We got to do not as a wrestling community. As a society, we have to do better. A 22-year-old girl, all right, took her life that had a whole future ahead of her. And, yeah. and it's sad. It's fucking disgusting. It, we got to do better as people. I hate people. I really do hate people. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, I do agree not when it comes to this case, but I do agree that a lot of people in this day, like we can't just say certain things or whatever. I, I understand that, that we live in a little bit of a sensitive world. And I understand that me, I don't get offended easily. I don't, I don't get offended at all. It takes a lot for me to get offended. But at the same time, I know that not everyone's like me. I just don't understand the concept. If I don't like you, right. Why am I going to follow you? Why am I going to, there's a lot of people I don't like, but I don't follow them. I don't give a shit what they do on social media. Cause I don't care. I don't like you. I have no interest in you. What's the point of trolling someone? I never, I don't understand the concept of trolling or cyberbullying people. Are you that like, are you, do you hate yourself so much that now you want to like, like, you know, put your negativity on someone else. Is that what it is? I, I don't understand it. And there's a lot of it. Listen, and I'll say it. A lot of the people that I'm talking about follow our page. And if you get offended from what I'm saying, you could unfollow our page. Cause I don't care. I don't care. This is my show. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to DM you back. I'm not going to comment back on a picture. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk my shit on here. And if you have a problem with it, you could say it to my face at a wrestling show. I guarantee you won't do that. Yeah, man. Uh, these trolls, I fucking can't stand them. I, um, I hate them. I hate fucking trolling. I uh, agree with you, Mario. I don't understand the, the whole concept of it or, like, why people do it. Um, I think people just have too much fucking time on their hands. And they're just that sad that they need to to bother somebody and I, you know you hit the nail on the head if you don't like somebody don't follow them. you know it goes back to when you were being raised you know your mom or your dad said if you don't have nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all 
that applies when you become an adult too. All right. And you know, you don't know what somebody's going through in their personal life. So just be nice. That's it. Just be nice. You know what I mean? And if you don't want to be nice, then don't say nothing at all. Simple as that, man. It's disgusting. Completely preventable what happened to this girl. And everybody that, you know, sent her a nasty tweet or, you know, a nasty DM or whatever it is, the blood's on your hands. The blood's on your hands. And now you're going to have to live with that. Right. And you're disgusting. You know. Ah. It's really been a rough week, man. Um, us as a wrestling community, you know, um, I've I've shared my feelings about the wrestling community consistently on this show. How I I hate wrestling fans. I really fucking do. I you know, <laughs> that's probably why I come off as very standoffish. And you know, it is what it is. I really don't care about it either. You know, I enjoy going to wrestling shows, but you know what I don't enjoy about going to wrestling shows? Wrestling with fans. Wrestling fans. What, what happens is this, and we've talked about it here a whole bunch of times, and it feels like every time that somebody passes away or when a fan does something stupid, we keep going back to the same uh, rhetoric, right? Every day, the wrestling community gets dumber. Every day, the wrestling community thinks that they're smarter than everybody else just because they read something on a book just because they read something on a tweet just because a friend tells them that you know what i know this i know that my man at the end of the day and i have my son here you don't know shit okay you don't know anything just because you're able to type on a, on a computer does not make you stronger than anybody else just because you can come up with a couple of words that you know are going to hurt somebody doesn't give you the right to actually send that to that person. Just like uh, just like Sam said before, you don't know what's going on through their life. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what they had before. Just like Mario said it before, you know what? Uh, uh, you have to look at what you do because everything that you do is going to affect somebody. Everything that you say is going to affect somebody. You, got, you could pick and choose. And most of those people that do this, is because they're weak because somebody's done it to them. But that does not give you any power for you to do it to somebody else. Learn how to deal with your own shit before you can start talking shit about somebody else. Learn how to deal with your own demons before you can poke and bother. You know what? Half of these people wouldn't even say it to their face. Half no, of these people that send, the, send those absolutely fucking not. tweets would not say shit to their face because they're mm -hmm. weak. Because they they think and they live by the misery of that they cause to other people, okay? They live by that misery. But you know what? Find happiness. Find happiness in your own life before you can go out and and you know what? This little girl, twenty two years old, you know, hope you kill yourself. This and that. You know what? Turn around, and say that to your mom. You know what? Turn around, and say that to your sister. You know what? Turn around and say that to your neighbor. Say that to somebody that's in front of you. Don't be a bitch and go online. Don't have Twitter fingers. Don't think you're you're so high and mighty just because you're behind a phone, behind a monitor, behind a computer. Say it to their face. <clears throat> you know what? We lost a person this week. We lost two people, right, that we know of. But we probably lost a lot more people to this cyberbullying and all this stuff because their right. parents wouldn't sit down with them and explain to them. I'm not talking about the person that actually committed the suicide. I'm talking about the dumbass motherfucker that's sitting there writing this shit.
Because if you have any respect whatsoever, you would never ever even think about writing something like that. So again, if you can't say it to your mom, you can't say it to anybody else. Just saying. We we got to do better as a society, yeah. man. This goes beyond the Russell community. We just got to, you know, we really... I've never been a fan of trolling someone. That's just no, not my but, cup of tea. I but, know a lot of people get a kick out of it, but... But why? We got we to gotta, we gotta cancel that, you know... And I hate saying even the word cancel because the whole cancel culture thing is some is another topic that I dislike. But we really need to stop this whole trolling, cyberbullying thing. Like, really, like, there's no need for it. It, it needs to stop. It, it it's it's pointless. It's it's pointless. It's meaningless. It, it just it, it really bothers me. It bothers me that people do that. You know. And yeah. it, it bothers me in the sense, like, I don't care if someone attempts, attempts to troll me. No, it's not that. It's just for other people that I know that are going through things. Like, you just never know who's going through some, something. Why, why bother them? If you don't like them, leave them alone. Why am I going to, if I dislike someone, why am, gonna, why am I going to focus my energy on someone that I dislike? Do you know how crazy that sounds? Sam, think about it. I don't like you. So I'm gonna go on your shit and talk shit to you because I don't like you. I'm gonna I'm really I'm gonna be so invested on what's going on in your life and I don't like you. So I'm gonna just write just just because you know I don't like you. I'm focusing energy right that could be focusing on something else that I do like, but no, I'm gonna choose it on something I don't like. Do you know how crazy that sounds? It it it's crazy, man. It is. Um, here here's the thing. I I come from like the old school where like I didn't grow up having a computer. If I had a problem with somebody, I would address it to their face and I would talk to them or I would fight them. And this internet bullshit has given cowards the power to say whatever the fuck they want without any consequences. There's no consequences anymore. So back in the day, you said something crazy to somebody's face, you got punched in the fucking mouth or you had to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now there's no consequences. You could go on the internet and talk crazy to a girl in Japan and nobody's going to say anything to you. Yeah. But you're a fucking coward at the end of the day because what the fuck did you gain? Now you got to deal with the fact that this we lost a 22-year-old with her whole life ahead of her because you wanted to be a fucking asshole. So it is it is what it is, man. It's a terrible loss for the wrestling community because I feel like this girl, I didn't know her before this. And, you know, shout to, to uh, my homegirl, Flippy Jobber. I know that she was um, a real big fan of hers. Um, she was a very talented girl in Japan. She had a really, uh, she started getting a lot of light and shine. She was very successful in the tag team division in stardom. Um, she actually was in a dark match, not only in Wrestle Kingdom this year, but she was also in a dark match at the G1 Supercar last year at the Garden. She was very, very yeah. talented, and it, it's just a shame. You got our boy Jose Alberto Huaman saying, especially for indie wrestlers, they have no job right now, so they probably have financial issues. No need to add more negativity to them. Yeah, this quarantine is fucking with people's mental health. Like It's fucking with their money. Yeah, it's fucking people's money, but also their mental health. Like, we're very blessed. The three of us, we have essential jobs that we could get out of the house every day. Not everybody's getting out of the house every day. And yeah. 
like yesterday i had nothing really to do and i was like i was getting cabin fever i was like i don't know how y'all do this talking to my family like I got to get out of the house. Now imagine 45 days straight of that. (laughs) Bro, I would not be able to. That's why I I try to stay out of trouble because prison's not for me. I would go fucking nuts. I got to be on the move. I got to keep going. So like this quarantine is a worldwide thing. Everybody's going through it at the same time. And then on top of it, you got to deal with this social media bullshit where people are fucking attacking you while you're just trying to do what you do, like just be a performer, just be a wrestler, just be a reality TV star, whatever, you know, her, her route was. It, it's unnecessary, bro. It's fucked up. Like, find something better to do with your time. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about these fucking trolls, man. All right. Let's move on to some more positive stuff. But before we do that, give me a second. Hashtag is rebel time. Ah, that was good. After that rant and after all that negativity, I needed something. All right, let's talk about <laughs> AEW Double or Nothing, the bright spot of the week, because AEW gave us one hell of a show, even with the circumstances that we're in, with the quarantine and the COVID. They gave us a lot of positive yesterday, starting with the buy-in, the pre-show match. We got the best friends, Chuck Taylor and, and Trent Beretta versus Private Party, and we were right. Best friends went over and... This, this match, this tag match was hot, bro. They they killed it. They, I think they went uh, out there for 15 minutes or so. It was a really, really good competitive match. See, I didn't see the buy-in because I got, I, got, I got a little story. Me and the fucking guy at Comcast got into an argument because I'm trying to change my plan. Fuck you, Comcast. You guys are scumbags. But that's another story. I'm not going to go and attack them on, on this platform. I'm going to talk to you all privately about that. But anyway... <clears throat> I did not want to give my money to the cable company. So I bought it through a PlayStation Network, so I didn't get the buy-in. So my night started with the with the ladder match. But from what I'm hearing online, it was a great tag match. And, you know, we, we did say that the best friends were going to win last, last right. week. But, right. You know. All right. All right. Let's, let's move on to the ladder match then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay we had the first ever casino ladder match to to crown a number one contender for the AEW world championship and sam and i we actually uh we de- we uh messaged each other because well sam messaged me and then i responded i originally thought at first that the rules for this match was every 90 seconds or, or every two minutes someone else was gonna come out and then once everybody is in the match that's when the match officially starts and you can reach her for the for the chip, right? But then we see Scorpio Sai and Frankie Kazarian, they started off the match, and then they automatically started going for ladder. So I'm like, did they change the rules? Did I misread the rules? But that's what I originally thought the rules was. But regardless, um, we had a couple changes. Ray Phoenix was not in the match, but my boy, Joey Janela, was in the match. I was happy for him. Uh, This match was good. It was very entertaining. Uh, Man, Darby Allen took a couple of spots here. That were very, very ugly looking. Um, I don't know how that dude is not in a wheelchair right now. And we got a surprise. I was right. Brian Cage, he made his debut. He was signed with the company going back to January when we first reported it. And he actually, uh, Tony Khan was saying in the in the press scrum after the show that they actually paid for all his expenses when it comes to his surgery and stuff. That was all under AEW's uh, bank account. And um, 
I guess Taz is managing Brian Cage at this point. And Brian Cage won. He's gonna uh, he's gonna face John Moxley at a at a future show that we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, Brian Cage, he made his debut and he won the big chip. Sam, yeah, man, um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I love your your boy Joey Janelle's spot where he comes out and he just was like a bat out of hell, just running around, knocking right. into people and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I was confused about the match rules. Um, you know, maybe they can clarify that in the future, do a little like, you know, rundown of what the rules actually are before the match starts, you know, kind of like a la WWE does every fucking year for the Royal Rumble, even though we all know what the goddamn rules are for the Royal Rumble. But, you know, a nice refresher would have been nice, especially with a, a brand new concept like this. I love the storytelling because for weeks, Taz has been telling Darby Allen, hey, you know, I can help you. You know, if right. you just let me help you. And Darby Allen's climbing up the ladder, and here comes, you know, the last competitor, and it's Brian Cage with Taz, you know, and he's like, get him, get him, you know what I mean? And here comes Brian Cage just fucking uh, Dar Darby Allen's chances up. Uh, I really enjoyed the match. It was very entertaining. And as long as they could clarify the rules moving forward, I think that this is a great concept that they could use, you know, at, you know, future events, especially if this is just going to be for double or nothing, you know, with the whole casino tie-in, I think that works perfectly, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm into it, too. I was telling, uh, shout out to the rest friends, I was telling Aridian and Teddy, so last year, we had the Casino Battle Royale for double or nothing, and then at All Out, we had the Casino Battle Royale for all the women. How about this year for All Out, we get a Casino Ladder match, but just women. Now, did they right. specify the rules, like Sammy was saying? I thought they did, but I guess not. Because my thing was, I mean, if you're the first two guys in, just run up. I mean, they were both on the same uh, team. You know what I mean? Well, or, may or maybe maybe it was a mistake on my end mm -hmm. where I read the rules wrong, but I would have sworn that the rules that they said two weeks ago, now anything could change in two yeah, weeks, yeah. but I, I would have sworn that the rules they displayed on Dynamite two weeks ago was, the match officially starts when all nine competitors are in the ring where you can reach up to get the chip. That's what I first thought the rules was, but yeah. maybe they changed it. I don't know. Well, it will it make, it will make sense. Like it that. doesn't really matter. The match was good. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, the match was good. Um, I think they, they kind of dragged out a little bit of uh cage being underneath all the chips and, and ladders and everything. Um, maybe that shouldn't have been that long of a spot, but what they ended up doing with it, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. All right, moving on. Another great match. Uh, these two dudes fucking killed it, and that's MJF versus Jungle Boy. These two are are the future of this company. They busted their ass in this match. Um, man, I, I can't praise them both uh, both enough. Um, and we called it. MJF was going over. Yeah, I really, man. Every time I look at MJF, I'm just like, yo, this kid has it. He has it. There's a lot of wrestlers in AEW that still need some polish. You can see through their stuff. They're, they, they're doing things that they did on the independent scene that worked on the independent scene. But, you know, now that you're on TNT and it's, you know, a main stage, they might need to tighten it up a little bit and they need a little bit more coaching. You know, I, I'm going to refrain from who I, I think needs that coaching. But this MJF kid, this kid gets it. He's good on the fucking mic. He's one of the best on the mic. And his shit is tight. You can't see right. through. You know what I mean? And, you know, he's not afraid to get heat. 
He's got a great look. He's not playing wrestler. He's in the gym doing his fucking thing. And, you know, he's a future world champion. And Jungle Boy, you know, the same. The same with him. Uh, you know, not on NJF's level just yet, but, you know, he could be a future world champion too. He just, again, he needs a little bit more polish. He needs a little bit more time in that oven to, right. to, to cook up. You know, and you know what it is too. I think when it comes to MJF, also not only the fact that he gets it, he's not afraid of heat, and uh, he's kind of like an old school wrestler in many ways. And also, you gotta understand, Jungle Boy went from the indie straight to t- TV, right? MJF, he got to practice in MLW, so he already knew, knows how TV kind of works going into AEW. So that helped him out a lot. Absolutely, absolutely, and you could tell, you know, who came from, you know, MLW and WWE and these guys from the people that came just from the independent scene that don't really have that experience, you know what I mean? And I think with time, they're, they're going to tighten it up, you know, some right. of the, the other right. talent. But MJF, he's ready. And right. he, he's like 24 years old. This, this kid, he's, a, he's, he's really good. He's really fucking good. Right. Uh, Leo. Yeah. Get that button ready for me. We're going to talk about this match. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Lance Archer to crown the first ever TNT championship. On which one? Congratulations. You played yourself. The match, the people, the no, title. The, the, match was, the, the match was great. The match was really, really the se- good. The second round. man, that TNT title, bro. Oh, man. Listen, and for the people that kept on like, oh, the, the, the title's not finished yet. Listen. I don't care if the title's not finished yet. What they presented to us on TV last night wasn't good. I was having a, a, a conversation with Mr. Dream from Dream Match Wrestling. Shout out to him. I was telling him how it reminded me of a fantasy football championship that you would see like on your social media. Like it looks like very like cheap made, right? But That's what it looks like. Based on he your likes. Me, <laughs> he showed me a picture of his fantasy football championship that he has. I swear to you. That title looks better than what they showed on on EAW last night. It, it kind of fell short again. Remember about remember that that check that they paraded around? Was it last year? That's what it kind of felt like. Like, hey, we're gonna make it title, but we're gonna make it as cheap as possible. Like you're supposed to have all this money. I don't know, Golden Crust something. The you know what I mean? Like AEW, it's, make it look more prestigious or stronger than what it's supposed to be. It looked fake. Like, again, it looked like, like you said, Mario, that fantasy title. It looks like a fantasy football championship. My thing is, you know, they have all this money. They could have went to any belt maker in the world to get this done. I Shout out to JB Toys. I bought uh, a belt in the middle of this pandemic, you know, and I'm going to go grab it real quick. Should have had it before we started the show. The guy show. wants to show up his title. That's he the should, only yeah, reason he's mentioned it. He, part, he had it well, by look, his hands. Hey, hey, in the middle of a pandemic, uh-huh. he made this. Okay. okay. Why is Tony Khan... just wanted to show the belt. Just wanted to show the belt. It's okay. Though. A little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't, I'm surprised he didn't have like some theme music. <laughs> anyway, he made that in the middle of a pandemic. Right. I'm going to go check on the kids. Keep going. I wasn't expecting that until September, to be honest with you. This shit shows up at my door in May. Who is Tony Khan doing business with? You know what I mean? Like, any belt maker in the world 
there's so many, you know, you got Dropkick Leather, you got, you know, JB Toys. There's so many out there that could have done a better job on this championship. And I'm a bit of a belt nerd. Like, I, I was telling Mario, I love the side plates, but the side plates don't make sense in a wrestling con context. Like, it looks like the Lincoln Memorial. What does that have to do with wrestling or even television, right? The middle, the middle plate, very, very reminiscent of a boxing championship or the 24-7 the championship. And the only, like, like I've heard a lot of people saying it's a wink and a nod to the NWA TV championship. The only I personally don't see it. No, it's the red strap. That's it. The red strap is the only thing oh, that it's a, it's, a wink and, it's a wink and a nod to the Universal Championship, too, Sam. Right. Like, it's, it's not a good title, um, you know, and I understand that it's a secondary title. And if it's a television title and it goes by old TV title rules, then it's actually like a third championship, if you think about it, because there's supposed to be a time limit and it's only supposed to be defended on television and things like that. Um, but it's still not a good look, man. Not a good look it, for... It's not... I get that it's not finished, but from what they were saying on commentary last night, that they still have to put like a, a gold finish on it and something else to it. Even if it's that, like... I don't think I'm still going to be impressed. Like, if you look at all the championships, right, I understand that the TNT championship is not going to have, like, the same caliber look as the world title. That's fine. I understand that. I look at the world title. You look at the tag titles. You even look at the women's championship that I'm not even a fan of, right, of the design. If you look at those three championships, they all stand out. They have this look to them where it, it, gets, it comes out of the belt, if that makes any sense. This TNT championship looks very plain Jane, and I'm like, wow. That's why I even tag JB Toys, and I'm like, hey, you're looking for a designer? Yo, talk to this guy, because he'll make you a design. It's like, yeah. man, it, it was such a disappointment. Um, it's it's the equivalent of the 24-7 championship from WWE. It's the same equivalent, like, look-wise. Yeah. Um, now, let's talk uh, more about the match between Cody and Lance Archer. Yo, these, these two busted their ass. They, I enjoyed the match so much. Um... I don't know if it helped AEW having Mike Tyson and ringside yawning during parts of the match. I don't think that helped out, but I, I kind of was just more like entertained the fact that Mike Tyson was there and cheering at certain spots and kind of clapping. And then he had that quick little face off with uh, Jake Roberts. I did enjoy that. I, I thought it was funny him yawning, but other than that, this match was really, really great, man. Uh, and I wanted Lance Archer to win. I thought it was the right call to make Lance Archer to win. But after what we saw between between Cody and Lance, how yo, they were going back and forth, and Lance looked very, very strong in this match, I don't necessarily think Cody winning did much damage to Lance, if that makes any sense, just based on the match. No, it didn't. Um, I still think that Lance would have been a better choice as the first champion. Um, but the way that the match played out and the story that they told in the match, uh, you know, Lance comes out looking just as strong as ever. You know, he got a lot of offense in. Um, in Mike's defense, man, you know, he might have just been a little sleepy. You know, he's 53, <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, you've seen me on <laughs> at a wrestling event. Doesn't mean I'm not having a good time. I'm just a little tired. You know what I mean? Oh, um, man, I'll be the first one to give you congratulations, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, it was it was a good match. Underwhelming title great use right. of mike tyson um you know i i enjoyed the match for what it was it's just 
you know, the, the story coming out of that is going to be, you know, the underwhelming look of the, the championship. And we'll see if a little gold uh, will help it at all. But I just, you know, I understand TNT. You're going to have the TNT logo as the front plate. But, you know, from the jump. They, just, Sam, they just could have done so much better. Let's just yeah. flat out play it. The title is just terrible. Like, they could have done so much better. Tony Khan, people. They, come on, man. Like, yo, send this check to JB Toys. Get this title redesigned and add a little little sprinkle or something to it because it looks like shit. Yeah, you know, Tony Khan It looks like is, an indie title. That's what it looks like. It looks like an independent championship. And Tony Khan is, is one of us. So he might be hearing all of this, you know, this noise, and he actually might act on it. He's the type that he might go, okay, well, the fans think it's it's ugly. Maybe let's relook at this. So let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks or months. Um, but you know, we got a we got a secondary or third, you know, kind of championship tier there, and that's going to be something that you know can create new stars uh, in AEW. So we got to look at the positives. It's an ugly title, but at least we have something that. At least know, it's a title. At least it's a yeah. title. It's All a, right. another thing to provide more story. So. Right, 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 right. And listen, we know the title isn't finished yet, so stop fucking commenting like, hey, it's not finished yet. This is, listen, the championship's still ugly. All right? What they presented was ugly. You have Iron Mike Tyson presenting the championship, a boxing legend, and the title isn't finished yet? You got a congratulations in my book. I love AEW, but I'm calling the space day. All right. Uh, so we had some interesting changes that happened this week. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, she took a, she took a nasty hit on Dynamite. Uh, Chris Statlander and Sheeta kind of grabbed Nyla Rose and threw her at Britt Baker while Britt Baker was in the corner, and Nyla just landed on Britt's knee. And a lot of people thought it was like a tour ACL or something. At first, it was reported that she would be out anywhere between six to nine months. It got confirmed yesterday by Tony Khan in the press scrum that it wasn't an ACL tear. It was just a partial LCL tear. And she's only going to be out for six to nine weeks, six to eight weeks. So that's a great that's great news for Britt Baker because she was getting so much momentum. So I'm happy that she's not going to be out for too long. But that made some changes for the match uh, with Chris Statlander. So she ended up facing Penelope Ford. And Chris Statlander went over. You know, uh, right call, because even though I'm a fan of Penelope Ford, eh, they 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 have they have stock invested in Chris Statlander. Yeah, Statlander is is really, really good. Um, when she first came in, I was like, oh, wow, this is a big pickup. You know, they could potentially put the title on her. So, you know, the right call was made there. It just sucks for uh, Britt Baker. Like you said, she was getting a ton of momentum uh, coming into this match. Um, man, one thing that I got to say is with Nyla Rose, she uh, she almost landed on her head uh, last night, too. Um, she and the other girls need to pick their spots wisely. Right, because she she's a big girl. She's she's girthy, you know what I mean. And you could potentially hurt her or hurt another person, like we saw with Britt, if we don't, you know, tighten things up. So know your limits. And I know the gyms are closed right now, so kind of let's 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 be a little safer when we're talking about taking these kinds of bumps and when we're putting the, together these matches. Um, but the match was good. It, it was what it was. It, it was a nice, uh, you know, nice little filler match. 
um, you know, n- nothing to complain about. I like right. it. Right. Uh, this is, it, you could even, I don't know if you would necessarily call this a match, but uh, on Dynamite, Sean Spears, which I kind of enjoyed this little uh, package that they did with him on Dynamite this week. CNN, they did something called SNN, right? Like a spoof to CNN news. And I liked what they did with him. You know, I enjoyed the segment, him talking shit to Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. And then last night, he comes out in a suit, not even in gear. And he's talking shit about Dustin, how Dustin's washed. And then Dustin ends up coming out. And I don't know if you want to even call it a match. It only lasted three minutes. But Dustin Rhodes went over, which it's cool. I like Dustin Rhodes. But at the same time, it's like Sean Spears' whole thing of him coming to AEW is to, like, you know, not do the same shit that he was doing in WWE. Granted, he's getting more TV time in AEW, which is a good thing. But man, this guy can't catch a break. He keeps catching these L's, dude. Yeah, and is it what's going on with that? Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, you know, it was what it was. I would have personally liked to see Sean go over and right. then like Dustin really thinking about the rest of his career, telling a story like, "Am I really done?" And then like maybe you know running a long program where you know he either makes a triumphant, you know, comeback story, or he does wind up retiring. Um, Dustin's in great shape, though. I don't think he's anywhere near retirement. He's in the best shape of his life. He looked great out there. Uh, the thing that stands out is, like, what do you do with Sean Spears? You know, he comes from WWE, and he's doing jobs, and now he's in AEW doing jobs. Um, man, is Tully Blanchard still with him, or did they keep him off TV because of the COVID, or, like, What's going on? Uh, they the, haven't, did they, they are haven't, still well, together? I think, he, I think he's still he is still associated with them. I just think like maybe Tully Blanchard took it up upon himself saying, like, listen, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, I'm just I don't want to be on TV until Do you, you think know. he okayed his picture being next to his uh his crotch? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean he was on TV, technically. Not yeah, TV. Yeah. It was a weird situation there. Like, it was like reminiscent of the old tuxedo matches where he just like stripped them. I wasn't like expecting it was just, that at all. It was just, it was filler. You know, I get it. But Sean Spears, he, he just catches another L. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, what you were talking about, Nyla Rose, uh, defending champion Nyla Rose against uh, Hikaru Shida. Yo, this match was good. I know there was a couple spots there that were very questionable in the sense like, yo, they could have really got hurt there. Mm-hmm. But, yo, they kicked each other's asses, man. And it was really, really good. And um, Hukaro Shida ended up defeating Nyla Rose. It surprised me. But at the same time, I think uh, the reason they decided to make this title change is because of, uh, you know, the unfortunate death with uh, Hanakamura. I think uh, they were like, you know what, let's – uh. The, the fans that are hurt and and you know suffering with this rough time that's going on this week let's uh let's try to you know give something in tribute for her if that makes any sense and they put the title on cheetah listen cheetah to me i i gotta give this girl a lot of praise because not only is she good in the ring but her english is really good too you know uh she actually speaks pretty good english better than oscar better than Kyrie saying and that's not knocking them because i love them too but she could speak really really good english so uh you know, let's see how long this title run uh, run uh, lasts with uh, Hukaroshida. Yeah, I hope it's a long one. I really enjoy her work. Um, 
you know, I think that this was like a big, uh, a big win for like the, the Joshi uh, wrestling community. If you think about it, you got Asuka was right. the Raw Women's Champion, and now you got Hikaru Shida, who's the AEW Women's Champion. Um, you know, they they really taken over the the women's um, you know divisions in in America. That's great because you know some of the best women's wrestling comes out of Japan. Um, you know it. It's it's cool. I honestly would have loved to see Nyla Rose hold the title a little bit longer because she's she's a really good heel. You know, it's, it's uh, almost like you hate to love her kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we've seen that that title already, like kind of, you know, move, like, move three times now. Um, it was a great match. All I got to say is that I already touched on it. She's got to be more careful with the spots that she's choosing to do because she could potentially hurt herself. She's in there, you know, with women, you know, and not a knock to women or anything like that. I understand, you know, there's tons of strong women out there, but like they're not going to be able to hold her up like a man can. You know what I mean? They can't be that base, like, you know, like a strong base. Like she's got to watch if she's calling this like a superplex off the top rope. Well, then she better kick her fucking feet so she could rotate and not almost land on her goddamn head because. The girl that's being her base, she can't hold her big ass up like that. She needs to fucking, you know, I'm serious, man. Like, she needs to watch out because that's the last thing we need is another tragedy, like a fucking draw situation. Right, right, right. right. We, we see where your head is at, but maybe different choice of words. I know. <laughs> it just makes me laugh, though, the words that you use. Oh, my, my, my biggest knock on this match <laughs> And I know, and I know that they're trying to do the whole kendo stick with Nyla Rose and all that. Right. The girl, the girl's already strong, right? Why don't you have the 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 person going for the title with the kendo stick? You know what I mean? Like you can't have the champion be big and have a weapon. You know what I mean? No, no, no. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, you're not gonna have the Big Show come down for a one-on-one match with Rey Mysterio. With a lead pipe. You know what I mean? Like, it would have to be the other way. Because physically, the, she's bigger than, than the little Japanese girl. I'm just saying. Right, 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 right. So, All right. Uh, that, that was my one knock. Again, if she's supposed to be stronger than her, then there's no need for the for the kendo stick. And now, if you were going to do... She, where, she is a heel, though. So yeah, I, And I understand that, but she's already was, a force. this was a no DQ match. So, I mean... I get what you're trying to say. Like she, in in theory, she really doesn't have any need to be using the candlestick because she's so much bigger exactly. than 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 Cheetah. But it's an ODQ match. Mm. The whole gimmick leading up to this match is that Nyla took the 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 candlestick, uh, the Singapore cane from Cheetah and hit her with it. You know that's what yeah. ended up leading it to this match being no DQ. So that 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 didn't really bother me, but I do get what you're saying. Now, uh, Ben Cliff is saying, I was wondering how long it was going to take for Sam to say big ass when it came to Nyla. <laughs> Three minutes. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk about this Zex match that, um, yo, I think they topped themselves compared to their matches they've had previously in WWE. And that's John Moxley and Brody Lee. Great match. I called it last week saying, no, like, listen, Mr. Mr. Brody Lee. All right, Leo. Mr. <laughs> so, they had great, great chemistry in WWE, right? As Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose when they had matches. And it just goes to show you that that hasn't gone away. 
these two knocked it out of the park. They told a great story. And even with John Moxley beating Brody Lee, or like what Leo likes to say, Mr. Brody Lee. That's what they were um, saying on TV. I know, but you know what I meant. You just wanted to be an asshole and just say that. But, Mr. <laughs> no, sorry. But Brody Lee didn't lose anything by catching this no. L from John Moxley. He mm-hmm. still looks strong, similar to the Lance Archer and Cody match. Uh, I love the going through the, the, um, the ramp spot when they just – Went right through it. I love the blood from Brody Lee. I thought this match was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, physical match. I love how they got out of the ring. Uh, you know, Moxie continues to uh, impress ever since he's left WWE. He's just been, you know, creative juices has been flowing with this guy. Every match that he has uh, has been really, really, really fucking good. And um, I, I enjoyed it, too. I like the the ramp spot. We haven't seen that in a long time. Right. And, right. And it was cool to see it. Like there were certain spots in this pay-per-view where I was just like, damn, I wish that there was a crowd there because the, the energy would have just been off the charts when they went through that ramp. But wasn't you know? there a crowd? Who were the people? Uh, they had wrestlers like Vicky Guerrero was in the crowd. Vicky was there. Okay. Yeah, Cause there Vicky. was no social distancing in that crowd. Just saying. It's Florida, baby. It's Florida. It's Just, Florida. It's Florida. Okay. Pretty soon. Listen, by in a couple of months from now, if this shit ain't you know fixed in our area at least, don't worry. Florida, they'll be having their crowds. Then they'll nah. be watching their football games or baseball games or whatever it is they're watching, and they'll be drinking a beer with no teeth. They'll be all right. A Florida man walked into a wrestling show. <laughs> it sounds like a joke. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, the match was really, really good. And they announced yesterday, uh, Tony Khan did announce that Brian Cage will be challenging John Moxley at Fighter Fest that was originally going to take place in London. UK was going to get their first show. And um, that's not happening anymore because uh, due to the COVID and the pandemic that's going on. So I don't know what Fighter Fest is really going to be. Maybe another show at Daly's Place. I really don't know. But uh it's going to be a, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be, it's not going to be a pay-per-view. I'm assuming it's going to be like last year, how it was a free show on the BR live app, which I'm into, man. I'm, I'm into more kind of the clash of the champions type shows that uh, WCW used to do back in the day where it used to be free on TV. If AEW does that, like in between, like we get four pay-per-views a year. Right. And then in between all that, we get like little special shows like on the BR live app. I'm cool with that, man. And we'll see what happens between John Moxley and Brian Cage. We'll see what story they tell us uh, going into that show. And we should be getting more news on Fighter Fest this upcoming week on Dynamite. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be another uh, Daisy's Place show. And I'm really interested in, in, in this match, John Moxley versus Brian Cage. This is something new. I don't recall right. them ever having a match before. Um, no, I don't think so. Man. Yeah, this is this is going to be good. And for those who are unfamiliar with Brian Cage, he is a body guy, but this guy moves like a luchador. He could fucking right. really wrestle right. his ass off. Um, I don't know if they're going to be showcasing that kind of style with him in this company, but let's know this. The boy can move. He can work. And him and Moxley are going to tear the fucking house down when they actually get in the ring again. I'm looking forward to the dynamites leading up to this show, the promo battles between John Moxley and Taz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh man, this is going to be great. I didn't even think about that. And that's what um, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Taz looked uh, really great 
um, last night, and he like got real into the camera and was like, oh. yeah. "Very ECW esque." Yeah, it reminded me of like '90s Taz, and I was just like, "Thank God!" You know, I'm sick of seeing the uh, the commentators. When I was when I was watching that, right when Taz got up up on the screen, right, yeah. I was like, "Talk that shit, Taz! Talk that shit!" <laughs> yeah. Put some yeah, respect on your name. So yeah. good, so good. All right, main event time. And man, this match did not disappoint whatsoever. The Elite versus the Inner Circle. We were wrong. The Elite went over. But this match was so good, I didn't care who won or lost, man. Uh, yeah. I think you got to so, break down the match by like minute by minute because there was so much in this match. They they <laughs> went they went a little over a half hour. They went 34 yeah. minutes on this match between um, Hangman Page not showing up with the lead at first and then him coming out with the horse. Uh, okay, okay. can we talk about the horse real quick? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's why they didn't do the thing with the car that we were picking on last week. Remember the whole spot with the car when we were like, you know, with Cody, how was he going to start the car, rev it up and then stop and then get out? Like it felt incomplete. They did the spot with the car, but that was at the end, but they then hit Sammy with it. Though. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, remember when we were talking about oh, Cody? talking about the car with Cody. Yeah, yeah okay, with Cody okay. getting in the car and right, just revving right. it up and going like a foot and then stopping. And then we mm-hmm. were talking about, okay, they should have done that in the stadium, have him go across the whole field. I think if you would have done that with the car. And then have the same thing with the horse. People would have been like, oh, but you already did it with the car. I like the spot with the horse because it looked like visually, like that's the way Handman Page should come down to the to the ring. Like every match. He should like. Uh, ru- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do but it in what, every match. No, I, I would know. do it only for big shows. But this was the only time where, where it actually fit the gimmick. You know what I mean? Like you, Handman Page is supposed to be a cowboy. He's supposed to be a drinker, which we've already done all that. But I think this is the first time where you're tying it in. Like, okay, he really looked like he belonged on top of that horse is what I'm trying to say. Like the whole visual, it kind of brought it all together for me. Okay. So him chasing after Sammy, uh, you know, a la, you know, when they did it with the the golf cart. Then him, you know, looking around, stopping, leaving the horse there, going to take a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah, he went straight to the bar. He He tells the horse, stay here. Don't move. And then he just goes to the bar. And, and then by the time uh, Hager comes around, the horse is still there, you know. So again, it made sense, like what they did with Hangman in the match. I like, I liked how, because at first I was kind of worried when they had a ring in the middle when they announced like, oh, the ring is going to be in the middle of the stadium. But I'm like, yo, it's gonna, it's a brawl. Like they're gonna be fighting all over the place. So I did like at least in the beginning of the match, they did use the ring. Yeah. You know, they used the ring for like the first, like I think like five, six minutes. And then they all separated and they started, you know, like Matt Hardy started fighting a uh, PNP all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you had Sammy Guevara obviously running from Hangman Page and Jericho brawling with the Bucks and being, the, you know, Jericho's talking smack. So I did like that they did use the <laughs> ring. Like the ring did serve its purpose, at least for the yeah. beginning of the match. Our boy Ben Cliff is saying the match was absolutely crazy. I was like, what the f- is going on? But in a good way. It was utter insanity. There's a second yeah. part to that, but I'll talk to it when I get a minute. But no, and, and it, my personal favorite part of this match was when they kind of came towards each other, kind of like in a war, kind of like 300, you know, like where, where you see the two sides going towards each other, like, ah, and then they crash. Like at the, the beginning, beginning, of the, beginning of the match, yeah. 
I love that part. Like the visual of that part with the with the mat, with the ring in the back and having both sets of guys and then having the the inner circle all dressed up as football players and then, you know, the elite coming out as regular wrestlers. Like that was cool for me. What do you think, uh, Sam? Sam, you got any f- favorite parts of the match? I love when uh, Proud and Powerful was beating on um, Matt Hardy and they were trying to drown him. And every time he comes up, he's in a different version of himself. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the V1 uh, version of him. You know what Um, I liked about that part too, Sam, about that scene? Is when Matt Hardy was underwater, he kept smiling to the camera and posing. Yeah, Yeah, he kept doing like the the gunshot. But you know what? And, And some people were like, oh... Uh, and they actually wrote it here on the on the chat. I forgot who wrote it up there, so I'm sorry. But anyway, but people were like, "Do you think it was too close with the Shad thing that happened with him drowning for them to do this spot?" I don't think it was the same. If you follow Matt Hardy, you know that it wasn't drowning. It was just him I, rejuvenating. Right. I didn't. I didn't think that way. Uh, I didn't. I'd even think about the Shad thing mm-hmm. just because I've been following this broken character since TNA, yeah. and it's the Lake of reincarnation so i didn't think that way um now that you mention it i can see why some not everyone but mm-hmm. i can see how some people might have felt a certain type of way but i don't think it was AEW's intentions yeah to, to do that that that's just idiotic to think that way um mm-hmm. if you feel a certain type of way that's on you sorry that you feel offended but i because i've been following matt hardy mm-hmm. since tna with the broken gimmick that was a wink and a nod to the lake of reincarnation, yeah. not someone drowning. No, and and yeah. they and they did say it on on the broadcast. You know, they did. Oh, it's having some kind of effect, like the the lake of reincarnation. I think it was Shivani that actually said it on the broadcast. Did you guys hear Ortiz saying like, "I can't swim, I can't swim," and the yeah. pool's only three feet? Yeah, when he yeah. was coming when he was coming down the stairs, like <laughs> back in. By the way, uh, Jr. did say TNA. Throughout the, the he meant he, to, he meant to say TNT was like oh down in TNA, you know people are still complaining about Jr's commentary. It, it personally be, doesn't bother man. me, but people still complain about it. I'll take the five percent where he forgets shit to the ninety five percent where he's on point. He kills me, um, and I, in a good way. I loved when he was like, "If I ever go missing, don't have Adam Hangman Page come trying to find me." Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I love his little like. The one-liners. Yeah, and to be honest with you, he's really driving that car. Sometimes, if you're really listening to that that commentary booth, he's directing, uh, you know, Shivani and uh, Neff with the mask. What's his name? Excalibur. Excalibur. He's directing them with the way that he's directing the conversation. So, like, open your ears uh, to the people that are, are complaining about Jr. because he's the leader of that booth. They're complaining because they uh, don't know Sammy, right? So listen to what they're saying because he's the one that's he's leading them. And sometimes, like even like he might come off like he's not interested, but he's doing the talent a favor. Like when he goes, "What is the Andromeda Galaxy really about?" He's trying to get Excalibur to explain this fucking character's yeah. gimmick. People right. don't understand wrestling. They need to fucking shut the fuck up and enjoy the goddamn show. What, what was that? What was that? What was that one? The the Manhattan Pile Driver or something like that? And Jr. Like quick, he was like, "Don't you mean belly to back or some shit like that?" It was yeah. the Manhattan something. He, yeah. you know what? It, Jr. Listen, Jr. is older, and 
compared to how he was at last year's double or nothing, to oh, me it's night improvement. Day. What about it's, New Japan, Jr. Day. Um, I don't I don't mind Jr.'s commentary. Mm. I know some people want to bitch and moan about it. I personally, it doesn't uh, it doesn't bother me. I know some people complain about the fact that Jr. calls Jungle Boy uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. That's the dude's name. Like Jack Perry is his real name. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't bother me that he calls him Jungle Boy Jack or Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Like, do you think Jungle Boy is always going to be called Jungle Boy? Eventually, when he's in his forties, he's not going to be called Jungle Boy anymore. Jr. So is prepping him. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me mm-hmm. that he calls him that. If Jungle Boy, right, is not bothered with Jr. calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry, yeah. then why the fuck do we care? Again, it goes back to the whole bullying. Because they don't know. I'm pretty yeah. sure JR went up to Jungle Boy and said, you know what, I'm, I think you should always use your father's name, even though Jungle Boy does not want to, but as a respect. So I'm pretty sure that JR did that because that's what you're supposed to do. So right. if it, if you do it once and it slips, okay, my bad, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. But if you continue doing it, that means that, Either you went to the person and you got the okay with it, or you're just doing it to be an asshole. I don't think he's doing it to be an asshole, and I'm pretty sure Jungle Boy would have told him, hey, you know what I mean? Call me Jungle Boy because that's my wrestling name. But yeah. what I think he's doing is he's actually prepping him for your right when he gets past that that boy persona. You know what I mean? Like, Shawn Michaels is not a sexy boy anymore. Just saying. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can't use you can't use that that boy moniker all your life. So you know what? In future tense, he could be Jack Perry, Jungle Boy. You know what I mean? Like, but he'll still go by his actual name. Right. So what Jr. is doing it, he's imprinting that in your head for you to put those two together. Even though you still see Jungle Boy, you right. know that that's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So thank you, Jr. There you right. go, Sam. Long winded. People just complain for the sake of complaining. That's all it is. Is this the complaining Um, episode? (laughs) Go. Another another spot that I really enjoyed of this match was uh, the bar scene. Yes. Where Jake Hager does find Adam Page, and he passes him a drink, and they kind of have a quick exchange, and then they just start brawling, and Jake Hager just grabs Adam Page and just slides him in the bar like you would see in a movie scene. Well, well, before that, when he was like, are we here to fight or are we here to drink? Right, right, right. And then he hands him the drink. <laughs> like, that was yeah. good. Did you guys like the end where, the, where he toasts with Omega, but he doesn't give Omega liquor? He gives him milk? He gives him milk. Yeah, he gives him milk because uh, Kenny Omega doesn't drink. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> but, yeah. again, but again, if, if, like, if you look at it, right, like you had eight different types of matches or eight different types of spots in mm-hmm. one match. So we talked about them coming together like war. We talked about them being in the pool. We talked about the horse. We talked about the the bar. These are all different types of matches, if you will, or spots into one match. So it was perfect that they didn't explain what a stadium stampede was supposed to be. Because if they would have told you, hey, we're going to send them in the bar, we're going to send them all over the, the arena, you'd be like, oh, we've seen this already. But we haven't. Sam? I also like the the line marker uh, scene where they go right up fucking Jericho's, right up his crotch, all the way up through his chest and over his face. Yes, you know what I mean. With the paint he posted on Instagram, him looking all pathetic with the, the line across it. He's like, "We'll be back," and I thought that that was that was just gold. I I love the whole match. But and I'm sorry, I want to take something back from last week. 
uh, I said I hated cowboys, and you know, I don't take I don't take it back uh, to the fact that I I, I hate God, Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton. Sorry. Sorry. I hated the smoking guns. Uh-huh. I hated the fuck. I hate the fucking kid in, in NXT. I don't like the gimmick, but Grimes. Adam Hangman Page Grimes. does the cowboy gimmick really fucking good. But we were talking about Hangman when you say you don't like cowboys. I, I got to give him props for getting that cowboy gimmick over because everybody else that tried it. In a matter so, of a week. <laughs> can I uh, mention one other cowboy that I think uh, it's really good? And, and listen, I get what you're saying because I'm not necessarily a fan of the cowboy gimmick. I'm. More, it's not that I'm not a fan of the cowboy gimmick. I'm just more into like you as a – how you present it, right? Yeah. So I get what you're saying, how Adam Page presented, and that's why you like it. He presented good. I like James Storm a lot, the Cowboy James yes. Storm. I think he's very underrated. Yeah, he is because you know I, he he didn't even come to mind, and that that is another guy that does the cowboy gimmick. You know really why well. he didn't come to mind? Because he doesn't throw that cowboy hat in your face. That's why. <laughs> you want to be a cowboy? You got to get the biggest hat you have, right? You know, with yeah. with James Storm, like I think the most cowboy thing he ever did was riding the the cooler down to the ring. That was bad. that was a badass cooler with the, with the <laughs> horns. Remember, right. like that yeah. was the, the that, that was the most cowboy thing he did. But again, what is a cowboy? Is it the guy that's on the horse? Is it the guy like a badass? Is he a drinker? Is he a drunk? You know what I mean? It, it's all different variations of what a cowboy is supposed to be. Right. I and really I, like uh, Adam's you know interpretation of it. He's kind of like a loner, drinker, kind of just like this badass that's like willing to just do some cowboy shit and fuck shit up. You know what I mean? Everybody else doing cowboy shit. The the happy cowboy, like the smoking guns and like the fucking like down and dastardly. I don't like that shit. I was never a fan of Westerns or anything (laughs) like that, but Adam Page does a great job with that gimmick and, you know, props to him for getting it over. Two more spots that I really enjoyed about this match was uh, Chris Jericho arguing with uh, Aubrey Edwards. Yes. Insane. Yeah. He threw, he challenged the 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 pin, and they had to go to the tape. And clearly, it wasn't a three count. Yeah, and then ref. also the the playback they did it from a couple weeks ago from the No DQ match, where Omega and Matt Hardy are in the cart and they're chasing down uh, Sammy. Sammy, and you see them going up to the stands or whatever. Uh, and then Kenny Omega hits them with that one winged angel off that platform that we're at, and they get the win and. It, it was just overall. It was just such a great pay per view. the The show was just amazing. It, they left us. It, it was a good feel moment, right? Yeah. Which sometimes we criticize, not just WWE, but just in wrestling in general. They don't. Sometimes they don't leave us with a good feel moment. And yesterday, as a whole, the sh- whole show was great. And they just left us with a, a good feel moment, especially with the rough week that us at, as a wrestling community we've been having. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And- yeah, and you and you need that from time to time, you know. Not all the time do you have to have the heels go over. Not all the time do you have to, you know, having that that baby face moment with the fireworks in the back. You know what I mean? Like again, didn't didn't uh, the inner circle have that same kind of send off the last pay per view? No, they had that at Dynamite a couple weeks ago okay. after um, they beat. Oh Matt yeah, Harding. on the same. Um, right. but and and you're right, and there was a lot of little like things that happened throughout this match. Our boy Ben Cliff did say that the, the one you're a shitty ref. He did write that before <laughs> when uh, Jericho said that to uh, Aubrey. But again, there's a lot of nuances in this match that I'm pretty sure if you go back right now and watch it again for a second time, you're going to pick up a lot more. 
I'm probably going to end up doing that later today. I'm probably going to go back and watch a, a couple of the matches. I might just watch the whole show because the whole show was just yeah. really, really good. No, but I, and, I'm and it was. I'm watch uh, Dana Stampede because I'm sure there's stuff that we're not even talking about that we completely like forgot or we missed because there was so much going on, but it was in a good way. You know, it was just amazing. Mm. Amazing match. Amazing show. Um, AEW definitely knocked it out of the park, e- even with, with the circumstances that we're in. <laughs> Sam surely likes the West Texas Rednecks. No, oh, God damn it. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go back um, on a dark path again. Do we no have fun. to? Let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring, Owen Hart. Oh, I haven't man. watched it yet. But Dude. I know, but I know what happens. Man, um, it was definitely a hard watch. I think watching the Owen Hart episode hit me harder than the Benoit episode. Because I think like... Whether you're on the fence with Benoit or you just don't want to know about Benoit or you feel bad for Benoit because he had some, some, uh, you know, uh, head trauma, head trauma, whatever you want to call it. I think you, there's mixed feelings with the whole Benoit situation, but with the own heart um, story, it's a little bit different. And man, let me tell you something. After watching this episode, if you're one of these jackasses that's still like, oh, but why isn't Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame? You get the biggest congratulations, and you shouldn't even be a wrestling fan. Oh, I saw a whole bunch of posts like that. Congratulations, you played yourself. A whole bunch of Dude, posts like that. Um, like, wh- why is Martha so? Uh, what the word they use? People need to understand, <sighs> and we're going to talk about some tidbits about this episode. But people need to understand. Forget about Owen Hart, the wrestler, right? Because we know that Owen Hart was great, but Owen Hart's family, right? Uh, their his kids lost a father. And Martha lost her husband. Why would they allow a company where Owen Hart died neglect? It was WWE's fault. Did you see the clip that was supposed to be holding Owen Hart? Yeah. It looked like a keychain. I think I have a that bigger was clip here. To hold <laughs> a 200 pound man, over 200 pound man. That little fucking clip. It, it it's mind boggling. It's mind-boggling. And you know what? Before this episode even aired, I never really had an opinion on the whole Owen Hart not being in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I never really had an opinion about it. Like, not saying that I didn't care. Like, I always knew Owen Hart does belong in the Hall of Fame. But, like, I never really, like, care, like, oh, why is Martha being this way? Like, I never really you had were, an opinion. You were waiting for the but, whole story to come out. But after watching this, mm-hmm. I hope Owen Hart never goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Because guess what? It's not really a Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's not like we could all be like, hey, let's check out the WWE Hall of Fame today. There's there's no there's no physical place. It's just a gimmick. Um, Donald Trump is on there. It's, uh. a mon- it's, a, it's a money grab. <laughs> it's just to sell tickets. It's just to make merch. And if you're still in that mindset, like, oh, why does Martha and... Like, dude, like... Stop being a mark! That's it. That's it. That's the the only best way to put it. Stop being a fucking mark. Man. Yo, let me tell you something. Dark Side of the Ring, one thing that we learned about this season on Dark Side of the Ring is that Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. (laughs) They exposed Vince. And you needed that to... You needed that? (laughs) Come on, Mario. We know that. We still watch. No, no, no. no. But they exposed them in detail. Well, uh, look, uh, our boy 
X is saying this dog was the last straw. I'm not supporting WWE anymore when it comes to giving them my money. I canceled the network after I watched the documentary. Wow, that's strong. That's, that's you know, that's strong. And, and, I, and that's I the power it, that you it's... have. That's the power that you have at the end of the day. If you don't, if you don't see eye to eye with what's being on there, then don't tune in. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you, X. Uh, you know, I wrestled with it myself. You know, no, no pun intended. Like I was sitting there, like, yo, this company has neglected so many like people. When you think about it, and it's just, it's just, it's it's hard for me to to stop watching WWE just because it it has been such a big part of my life for so mm -hmm. long. It's like a part of me. Um, going back to the documentary, man, it just goes to show you. To save what, like eight seconds for a match that was a throwaway match to begin with? It was a let me up match. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And the fact that, like, think about it like this. And, you know, it's been touched on in the documentary. If Owen Hart didn't die, the resurgence that he would have had with his career with Kurt Angle, Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Benoit, yeah. all these guys coming into the WWE after he passed. Oh man, it just, it's so unfortunate. Um, you know, the art that we could have got from, from Owen and those guys together. Um, dude, Owen Hart made Yokozuna look good. Bro, Yoko was great, man. Don't sleep on I, Yoko. Don't I know he was great, Yoko. but you needed somebody to dance with him into, though. Yeah. He ate himself into, into an early grave. That's the only thing about Yoko, but, um, man, Owen, it, it, it's, and it goes to show you how great of a mother Martha is. Because she said it, there was two routes that could have happened, either utter destruction of the family or, you know, trying to move on and, you know, better uh, herself. And with the opening of the Owen Hart Foundation, you have her son, Oge, who looks great and he's, you know, going to be a lawyer, a lawyer now. He's a lawyer. Yeah. And the daughter looks like she's got her shit together and, you know, they're Journalist. not in any kind of trouble or anything like that. You know, a lot of people, they, they have a tremendous loss early on in life, and that kind of just, like, fucks them up for a while. And, you know, Martha was there to, you know, keep them on track. Um, so, you know, props to her. Here's the thing, you know, if you still want Owen in the WWE Hall of Fame, you could have that opinion. Me and Mario and Leo think you're wrong. Um, you know, we're probably going to call you a Mark. Stop being a Mark. But if you really feel like that, open up your wallet. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. They got an Owen Hart t-shirt. 100% of the, the, the funds go to the Owen Hart uh, Foundation. And instead of, you know, wanting him to be in some kind of imagination hall of fame, you know, where there's no building and there's, you know, nothing that comes of it besides you paying your money to watch it on the WWE Network or you paying your money to actually sit there and get bored by Hillbilly Jim fucking talking for 35, 40 minutes about some dumbass trip that he took with fucking, you know, the junkyard dog and how they got fucking stranded in fucking Indianapolis on a highway and goddamn gas station. Tell me how you really feel, yeah. Sam. Yeah, you could do that. But open your fucking wallet, actually help, you know, the Own Heart Foundation that's helping out single mothers. You know what I mean? That's putting kids in college and things like that. Well, you know what I mean? So I put that, that's the way I feel about it. The, the, the shirt is already making like record number sales. I'm going to cop one later this week and, you know, do something positive, you know, with, with your money. If, you know, 
if you want to help out people in general, especially right now in this time, you know, everybody needs a little helping hand right now. So I actually put the right up on the screen. You have the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Dark Side of the Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, you have both of them, the limited version one and also the Forever in Our Hearts one. Um, they're only twenty four ninety nine, man. You guys pay more for other stupid shit. You can go right. ahead and buy, and at the end of the day, you buy WWE T, the money goes to McMahon. This way, it actually goes to the wrestler and the wrestler's family. Also, uh, you know, we there's been always mixed feelings about the over-the-edge pay-per-view still continuing after that. They should have, I don't understand how that show, you know, continued. And also the fact that WWE Vince McMahon counter lawsuit Martha. Like, Disgusting. Disgusting. What the fuck, man? Yo, the man Fucking died disgusting. in your hands. It could have been preventable. I don't give a shit if you're a WWE fan or not. There's no way of defending this. No, it's that's disgusting. Just and just the fact that Vince countersued is, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, side note. Did you guys see the Shad Gaspar shirt on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees? Yes, I did see that. It's a pretty nice shirt. I think I'm going to get it. You By the way, and there's one on a, a collar and elbow that's also right. going mm-hmm. to, to right. his family. So check that out. All as well. the profits get donated to Chad's family. And again, and and, and we talk about this, and, and you were saying this in, in in your little rebuttal there, Mario. We talk about the death, right? We talk about Chad. We talk about the the girl. I'm sorry, I don't know her name. We talk about Owen Hart. We talk about all these guys, Benoit, but we don't talk about everybody else that's affected by it. You know. Mm-hmm. Owen had kids. Owen had a wife. Owen had friends. Owen had, you know, coworkers. Owen probably had people, friends that were closer to him than his family was. They're all affected by this. And it, with, with everybody that passes away, there's there's collateral damage from that death. You know? And go, going back to what Mario was saying, that that was a crime scene. I don't understand how the police didn't shut that down because we obviously right. know it was a tragic accident, but Owen... You know, it could have been a suicide. We don't. The, we didn't know at the time. It, but okay, but, tragic I mean, accident, it but it's still a crime scene, though. The, right. the visual when Martha took her kids to the the platform up in the rafters, and you look down, and you see the ring full of blood. Like the pictures, fuck, man. And I know um, some people were saying that oh, but somebody was also busted open like later on in the night. I think it might have been the Taker match. I'm I'm not so sure, but. Owen Hart's blood was still on there, so think about it. If you look at the after, the, uh, uh, after they take Owen Hart out of the ring, wrestlers still had a wrestle in the ring that Owen Hart just died. And the boards were broken, bro. People could have got hurt. Not only do you have a guy that died in your ring, but you could have potentially seriously injured one of your talent by having them work in an unsafe work environment with a fucking broken ring. It's disgusting, bro. It's before, disgusting. Before this episode, I wanted Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame. There's our boy, Ben Cliff. I admit that. But after this episode, I definitely don't want him there now. I, I, I don't know how anybody in their right mind will still have the opinion, but Owen Hart still belongs in, in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Like, you can't have the right sense in your mind to still have that type of opinion. Yeah, I mean, just because people just, want that that title, they want that that. Keep uh, in mind, there was some slap dick that did comment in one of our posts saying like, "Oh, but why did Martha have to have the last say?" Like, Owen Hart had brothers and shit. Keep in mind, his grammar was terrible, and I just left them. You know, I didn't it respond. Do, it so. doesn't matter. At the yeah. end of the day, you can have a thousand brothers, 
But if you say your wife has the last word, whether they like it or not, she has the last word. And if you actually look at the information of those lawsuits, right? Because we've only heard one side, right? And remember, when was the first time we actually heard Martha talk about this? Never. Never. In the Jericho podcast. Well, well, yeah, but I'm just no, saying. No, 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 I know, I know what you mean. Leading up, that's know, leading up to the dark side of the ring. But yeah. before any of this, we've never, never heard more. Okay, so we only had one side of the story. Now, Jericho has been very good at, at bringing people in because wasn't it like uh, six months ago where he had like the sister come in or something like that? Um, somebody else associated with this. I think it was Martha's sister that was on the, on the podcast. Yeah, it was like six months ago. I remember listening to it. Because they were talking about... What he did in that one was actually talk about Owen Hart away from the ring, right? But right. as far as what happened that day and what happened with wrestling, what happened with the lawsuits and all this other stuff, Martha's never been on TV, never been on paper, never been quoted or anything. We've only heard McMahon's side. That's all we've heard. So whatever's out there, all you've heard is, again, the, the WWE part of it. Oh, my gosh, he put another lawsuit. We can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God, we used him in the in this DVD, and, and they didn't get the royalties for it. She's fighting for a cause. That's what she's doing. It's just... It's just a fucked up situation. Yeah. It, it's a... It's a the Dark Side of the Ring episode is definitely a must-watch. I recommend yeah. you guys watching it. But it's a rough one, too, man. There was a lot of points in the episode where I got a little bit teary-eyed because I just, like, even Oge at the end, like, I think he ended the episode saying, like, it would have been nice to, like, had some experience with his father besides the ones he already had. And just the fact that his last moment with his dad when they were at the airport and Owen told Oge, like, oh, uh, make sure you take care of your mother. Like, oh, yeah. like, it's fucked up, man. It, 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 the whole situation is fucked up. And I'm sorry. We're all wrestling fans here. Anybody that watches our show, listens to the podcast, we're all wrestling fans here. But no, you can't have the right mindset yeah. if you're still having an opinion. Like, well, Owen should still be part of the WWE Hall of Fame. Forget. That's another thing we should cancel. Cancel <laughs> that opinion because it doesn't make any sense. Do you guys remember where you guys were when you found out about Owen Hart passing away? Because I didn't watch the pay-per-view. I learned it about it the next day reading the newspaper. I was just having this conversation with uh, with the rest friends about where I was at mm-hmm. during uh, Owen Hart's uh, passing. I think I've talked about it on the show that when I was a kid, I didn't get to watch all the pay-per-views. So yeah. what I used to do was we used to get the channel, the pay-per-view channel, but it was all like scribbly. So yeah, it was yeah. like listening to a podcast. So right. I used to sit there for like three hours with my action figures, fucking listening to, to the, <laughs> you, the rest. You were making the moves. <laughs> right. Listening to JR's commentary yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I just remember the audio got quiet, not quiet in the sense like there was no, um, there was no audio. It was more in the sense like you could hear the crowd, but you couldn't, there was no type of commentary. And then yeah. JR started talking. And I was like, holy shit right i was like i was like not i was kind of like shocked and Mm -hmm. kind of distraught and then i remember after the pay-per-view uh my parents used to let me stay up and like listen to the papers or when they used to order it they i would stay up and watch the pay-per-views so i remember my dad was in the living room and i remember i think i went to the bathroom to go brush my teeth or something and 
my dad was still watching the news and I'll never forget it. You see uh, the Owen Hart graphic saying that he just died. And I was just tell, and I told my dad, I was just watching that. Well, listening to yeah. that. And my dad just looked at me like, he was like, what? And it was just, we were kind of yeah. in shock, you know? And then obviously we got the tribute on Monday Night Raw the following night, but yeah, it, it's just one of those, I think that was as a kid, that might've been the first that I could remember the first wrestling death mm-hmm. that really affected me. Cause I think before, prior to that, not saying that death didn't affect me, but I think I was too young to really understand it. You were emotionally invested to Owen Hart. Right. Kind of right, felt personal. Right, right. So now what about you, Sam? Do you remember where you were? See, going back to, you know, what Mario was saying, I didn't get to watch all of the, um, the pay-per-views either. You mean we didn't have and, all that much money? No, man. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, you know, I went to a school where there wasn't really many wrestling fans. So yeah. I learned about Owen Hart's passing when I cut Monday night raw on that night. And I yeah. cried and I cried. I was a little kid, man. I was, I was, uh, 11 years old. That means I was and about 19, I, you know, and before Owen passed Pillman passed mm-hmm. and that one didn't hit as hard because I, I appreciated Pillman and he's a legend unto his own. And I, you know, the, the you know famous gun scene with Austin was you know awesome, but Owen was one of my favorite wrestlers, and I'm not just saying that to say it. He was one of my favorites. I liked his entrance theme. Um, I liked his whole like black heart gimmick. Uh, he reminded me of like the the heel from fucking Karate Kid. Yeah, I with like, the hair. <laughs> yeah, bro, I really really fucking loved Owen. So. It hit hard, and yeah. I still remember when Steve Austin came out, and you know there was like heat between the two because of the whole neck thing, mm-hmm. and he came out and cheers, you know, to the big screen. Oh man, got me, got me. And, and again, and I think McMahon kind of turned that whole negative stigma uh, by using that Monday Night Raw to kind of like, hey, you know, our condolences. But at the end of the day, he died under your watch. At, right. the, at the end of the day, he died because you guys oversaw something or wanted to do something. Like, I'm sorry. It's been, what, how many years since this happened? And for the three of us to actually have a vivid scene, and I'm, I'm saying the three of us because we're here right now, but Jessica Hoffman remembers, X remembers, Ben Cliff remembers exactly where you were when this happened. That means that that impacted you. And you didn't. I'm saying for me myself, this whole time, I, I kind of had the same feeling. Oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame. But hey, we've been brainwashed by McMahon to make it seem like, hey, Martha's the bad guy in this whole thing. When it's yeah. McMahon, he died under your watch, bro. You know, like the guy died. And what you said, Sam, it was a crime scene. Yes, it was a crime scene, even if it was an accident. You still need the cops to go and check. How many cops actually made it to that spot when it happened? I don't think any. Not a one. I think just EMTs. And, you know, the fact that it matters, a lot of those EMTs were going to be used in an angle later on. So some of them were working EMTs in the, you know, the sense of wrestling terms, you know. Some of them probably weren't, you know, expecting 
anything to happen besides they were going to cop a paycheck from Vince. So you think about that, like the extra precious moments that maybe this could have taken another turn yeah. and he could have just been horribly injured instead of losing his life. And by and by the way, fuck Vince Russo for blaming the people with the harness because I've heard Vince Russo's take on this, and he was like, he almost cried. He was like, "Oh, I would never uh, Owen Hart, like motherfucker, you're the ones that call that spot." And then when you're trying to blame everybody else for something that happened under your watch, you're as much to blame as everything else that happened. I'm yeah. sorry. To, uh, yeah, I think don't get me wrong. The people that that. The, the company used to do the gimmick, the harness gimmick, they do get blamed. Let's not act like they yeah. don't get blamed for it either. But, they do deserve to get blamed, but WWE gets the most blame. Everybody everybody that's involved deserves to right, get blamed. Right. Not just that one little clip, there's there's no reason why that one little clip should have even been thought of like, okay, we're gonna use this as a harness. But, it makes no sense. When you when you when you look at at Vince Russo talk about this right, and I paid attention to Vince Russo, he paint he painted himself as the victim, where he said the Thursday. He does. But he listen, does. listen. Oh, that's just what Russo this, does. But this is what he said. He said, "Oh, Thursday night, bro. I had the the whole the whole show written out. Thursday night, it was ready to go. On Friday, McMahon <laughs> gives the okay." Saturday, I have some guys knock on my door and say, hey, you know all the stuff we're doing with Sting? We can do it for here. And I look at it, and the only one that made sense was the Blue Blazer. Like, really? You're going to make that decision from Saturday to Sunday? You're telling me that you did not write that into your shit. You're telling me you didn't bring that up to, to Owen a couple of times before that. Like, again, if you're trying to paint yourself as... as the guy that didn't do anything, that means you did something. No. This... I'm sorry, Vince. No, oh, man. It's not. It's just. It's terrible, man. It's kind of. There's There's no words. That's the best way to put it. It's just uh, terrible news. Um, by the way, but but I am like going to watch it, though. Dale. What Sam, what Sam was saying, though, if you do want to go support Owen Hart and his family, just buy a pro wrestling T-shirt. You know, where the money is going to go to them and it's going to mm-hmm. go into the Owen Hart Foundation where they're actually helping people out. Go, go, stop with the whole WWE Hall of Fame mindset because I don't want it to happen ever. By the way, I'm still looking at the Shaq Gaspar shirt on Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Tees. All heroes don't wear capes, some wear Tims. I like that. That's true. I like That's that. I like that. True. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about more terrible news. All right. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, so this <laughs> I got a barbecue week, today, bro. You're gonna make me go in bed and cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week on WWE Backstage, um, Amber Moon, uh, she opened up and said that you know she's having trouble uh, coming back from this Achilles injury. You know she's having trouble with recovery, and she's thinking that it could pot- potentially be career-ending because she's just having a hard time getting into full recovery. Um, she got a little bit choked up on WWE backstage. Uh, Mark Henry gave her some positive words. Um, even Booker T that, you know, cause Booker T looks at Ember moon, like as a kid, cause he trained her. So he's normally very hard on Ember moon, but even Booker T started getting a little bit choked up. And then he said something stupid to try to, you know, put some light into the conversation. But, um, uh, Ember Moon uh, was very, uh, very emotional because she's her career is very uncertain to her right now. Right. 
Um, she got a lot of uh, support from WWE backstage. Now, with all this being said, right, back in September when this injury happened was during a 24-7 championship uh, segment where she was running around. Now, why I'm bringing this up is last week on the show, Sam tried to say we had a little debate. I got to take you to court, brother. I got to take you to court. Sam tried to say that guys like EC3 and Eric Young were getting a spot and it's better than them sitting in catering. Now, Ember Moon had no business being involved in this angle. No business whatsoever because the month prior, she was fighting for the championship against Bailey. Why was she in this spot? She, it was unnecessary for her to be in this spot. So I want to see Sam try to clean this up. Look, they booked her in it. It's not my fault they booked her in it. I still like the 24-7 championship. She shouldn't have been wrestling for it. That's, that's it. You know what I mean? And it sucks that she fucking got hurt. She should, you know, she could have got hurt any, any other time in any other kind of match. You know, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to clean it up. She got hurt, you know? She, she could have got hurt wrestling Charlotte. She could have got hurt wrestling anybody. Right, right, right. But what I'm trying to say is, like, it's not about you not liking or you liking the 24-7 championship. It's more in the sense certain people should not be involved with that. And, like, no. guys like EC3, the championship did nothing for him. The little little segments that he was involved in, right, did nothing for him. Nothing. And you could right. try to sit there and argue that, which is fine, because this we don't have to agree on everything. But – a, a spot like Ember Moon, right? She just previously was challenging for the SmackDown title at SummerSlam. A month later, she's doing the shenanigans with the 24-7 championship. I understand that she could have gotten injured in a match. That's fine. But she should have never been involved in this. Let her yeah. get injured in a match. Don't let her get injured in some stupid shit. For did nothing Look, for her except for her getting injured. I'm not the one that booked her in that position, but <laughs> I didn't do that to her. You know, that's but, that's all Vince and uh, you know, what's his name? Pritchard and fucking Heyman and them. You know, I had nothing to do with it. Um it's really unfortunate, and I agree, she shouldn't have been in that spot. She I looked at Ember Moon when she was, you know, an active competitor as one of the top tier talents in the in the women's division in the world. You know, not just in WWE, in the world. She you know, if her contract expired, she could have showed up anywhere and been the champion. So she should have been in that spot. I think that the 24-7 championship is more reserved for for guys that aren't doing much, you know. And if Ember was booked in that, that's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? It, it's not the first time we've seen WWE book uh, tremendous talent terribly. You know, look at fucking Man. Dean Ambrose going out there with a goddamn plant. You know, but he um, made it work. He made it work. She was trying to make it work, but you know, injuries happen. Um, I think you know she doesn't listen to the show. I don't. Uh, you know, I'll be very surprised if she did. But I, my suggestion would be for her to talk to Edge. Edge has been through that same injury, and it's a terrible injury. The Achilles is you know a major functioning ligament in our in our legs. You know right. that that's. You know, somebody that's been through that that might be able to give her some kind of advice, whether it's workouts or physical therapy. But, you know, I'm not going to defend it at all. <laughs> that was a dumbass move for them to even book her in there. I think it's a waste of her talents. She should have been 
featured in a fucking wrestling match, not running around with the W. But we could, we could, but if we want to be honest here, which we are on a show, we could say that about a lot of the talent that was involved with the shenanigans with that championship. Yeah. And that championship, it could have, it could have been used a lot differently. We've talked about that, how they, they should have, you know, maybe used more of the hardcore championship uh, route. You know, we've seen them maybe do like two or three legit matches in the ring, but then at the end, it all turned into like this big, you know, fucking uh, stampede, you know, where people are running around. So it is, it is what it is. It's a very unfortunate thing for Ember, and I hope that she can return from it. Um, You know, time will tell. All right. Now, do you you guys know Um, why it's called Achilles uh, tendon? It's got to do with Greek mythology, right? That was the, yeah. the the weakness of Achilles, the hero. Exactly. So he had armor all over his body, and the only place that he didn't have armor was on that tendon right there. He got hit with a with a not a sword, but a whatever. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this: I'm a soccer guy. I love soccer, right? And I could tell you a story about one guy. Last name is Gago, G A G O. The guy's had an Achilles tear six times. In his career. Mm. Now, that is the the worst thing that can happen because you think you're okay until you stress it. Now, turning it over to basketball, that's the same thing that Kevin Durant got. Was the Achilles. Kobe Bryant had one too toward the end of his right. career. Okay. Right. So now, just look at, look at it this way. Kevin Durant. He's ready to go back, right? Even right now with the pandemic, he's ready to go now because nobody's doing anything, right? Kevin Durant can go back and get hurt next year, right? And people are like, oh, he got hurt, whatever. But in wrestling, these these guys and girls are going out every day. So you can't compare an, an 80 game, you know, 80 game season to a 24-7, which is what these wrestlers are doing in the training room, you know, traveling. I know a guy that I went to school with who tore his Achilles uh, celebrating a goal. He was sitting down, jumped up, celebrated the goal, and then went to the emergency room because he tore his shit. Okay? That's terrible. But, you know, they could, they could tear at any time, but, any moment. Exactly. I get freaked out a little bit. Sometimes I get a little pain in there. I'm like, oh, shit, is today the day? Like, <laughs> Watch bro. it be tomorrow. <laughs> but, bro, but what I'm trying to say is, is with, with Ember Moon, right? It could be career ending because you don't know if you're 100%. Let's say she feels 100%, she gets back in the ring and it tears again. She's not going to want to strain on it again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, this soccer player guy, he was just playing, and there's a meme going around, oh, it's been 60 days since Gago tore his Achilles. You know, like kind of making fun of it, like, you know, he hasn't been playing because nobody has. But what, what I'm trying to say is with wrestling – Whatever injury happens in every other sport with wrestling, it triples because you run into that in a house show. In a house show, you run into that issue. You run into that, you know what I mean, like training. You run into that practicing a move in a dark mat. There's a lot of things that go into it. So with Amber Moon and this, like, this surgery, because I don't even know if she can get surgery. She'll be all right, though. I really hope she can come back. Because I like what she did. What are you laughing at, Sam? What's so funny? <laughs> What's so funny? 
<laughs> nothing, guys. Nothing. You guys throw me off. Anyway, forget you. <laughs> it's like it's like get to the fucking point already. <laughs> oh, there you go. He got he got hit with an arrow. There you go. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, <laughs> so I kept looking at Sam. He's looking at me, and I'm just like, "What?" All right, all right, all right. Um, two quick notes. Uh, they announced yesterday. So right now, we we know that Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher are having this feud, this blood feud, and they announced that they're gonna have like this blood sport type match uh, this week in NXT. They're gonna have it in a cage, and they announced that Kurt Angle is gonna be the special referee. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Yo, let me tell you what. I'm here for it. If they're definitely going to go like a blood sport type of, of match, and, you know, we saw Kurt Angle get laid off, and now this is an opportunity for him to get another paycheck, you know, I'm all for it. This is going to be right. great, um, you know, and great, uh, you know, counter-programming from NXT. When you're coming off this pay-per-view, everybody's going to want to see what happened, you know, on Dynamite we got this cage match here on USA. What are you going to want to watch? You know what I mean? If you don't have the WWE network, you might want to tune into NXT to see this now because this is going to be fucking great. So I'm here for it, bro. I'm definitely here for it. This is going to be awesome. Uh, Leo. Good. <laughs> I got to the point. It's going to be good. <laughs> no, it should be really good. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna. It's, it's always, it's always good seeing Kurt Angle get a little, you know, a little check. Now, are they gonna do a steel cage or an octagon? Because I really was supposed to be an octagon. They said it's gonna be a cage, but I kind of remember the lines dead back, back from the Attitude Era. Yeah, I hope they bring that shit back, bro. That'd be that dope. would be dope if they bring that back. Yeah. So let's yeah. see. It's, and again, it's always good to see, uh, you know, guys who have who are retired. Uh, to see them come back uh, to at least do uh, like a special referee. So I'm going to tune into that, and then I'll probably watch uh, Dynamite recorded. Um, so also came out this week on, on Friday Night SmackDown. AJ Styles is permanently part of the SmackDown roster. Um, it's, the report started coming out that I guess Fox and WWE felt that since Roman Reigns is not on TV, they kind of have lost a star. That goes to show you how much they think of their their world champion at, at SmackDown, right? That they mm-hmm. lost the stars, so we can put somebody else on there, and they put AJ on, back on SmackDown, the house that AJ Styles built. Um, it, it to me, it really doesn't make a difference whether AJ is on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I don't I don't know what they would have done with AJ on Raw if he would have stayed on there anyway. So I, I'm cool with him being on SmackDown. Uh, what do you guys think? I think that this is the first of many moves as long as this pandemic is still going on. Um, they're going to see who fits where. You see Charlotte all on every fucking you know, show. Apparently, um, apparently Charlotte equals ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you so know, do this Cowboys. Is of, this is the first of many, and we've seen it before, where the brand split kind of just disintegrates, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of guys flipping and flopping and showing up here and showing up there because they're trying to make chicken salad right now. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a shitty situation that we're in. And, you know, we'll see where it winds up storyline-wise. Uh, I think all the companies across the board that are still running right now have been doing a great job with what, you know, we got. You know, it, it sucks because travel restrictions and things like that. But 
It is what it is. I. <laughs> What's bothering you, <laughs> Mario? Do you think? Do you think? And this is not a, a talent knock. This is more a company knock. Do you think WWE is doing their best they can? Because no. I don't think they are. No. They're phoning I, it in. I, this is, and this is why I say that. And this is why I say that, right? For what they gave us at WrestleMania, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole show. We praised it a lot, right? Hmm. I just feel that the more that this is kind of becoming the new norm with these no fan shows, right? Because we haven't seen any changes yet. It's like, dude... Just throw some fucking wrestlers that you're not using in the crowd, bro. Let's get some background noise going because I, I guarantee you Raw, NXT, and SmackDown and these pay-per-views they're giving us, it would help out a lot tremendously yeah. if we got a little bit of background noise. You know? Uh, and I was telling this to Danielle from the Heel Marks the other day that it's crazy that Impact that they're also running shows. Well, they, they tape shows, I mean, with no crowd. Their stories, right, still have me more invested than WWE's product. I think what we're seeing is Vince McMahon kind of just scrambling right now. You know what I mean? On the WWE creative side of things, because I'm sure that he's been given great you know, shit and he's editing it and making it, you know, putting his fingerprint on it and shit like that. So, you know, for what it is, it's a, it's a fucking pandemic. And, you know, WWE always, I feel like they could always do better, especially with the talent roster that they have. They could always do better. They have the deepest talent roster in, in the world. Right. Um, so have they been giving us their best? They never give us their best. But has it been decent? Is it okay to watch? I think WrestleMania 36 was great. Mm -hmm. um, Money in the Bank, it was what it was. I thought it was it was all right. No, I love. I, I thought Money in the Bank. You know, regardless on who won and who lost, I thought Money in the Bank was an entertaining show too. Yeah. And kind of go to add on what you're what to what you're saying. I think like their big shows, they're giving us some great content. But then when it comes to their weekly product. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie to you, brother. I don't, I don't watch it. I will go on YouTube and catch up, or I'll go and listen to Busted Open and go through the storylines as I'm at work while I listen to a podcast. I can't sit through a raw with with no crowd and everybody's just squeaky clean and everything like that. I watch AEW because of what you're saying. They got the crowd and the thing, and it just. It just comes off a lot more entertaining to me, even you know, with Billy Gunn and his son sitting there like fucking just bullshitting. Like anytime I see Billy Gunn and his son, I I instantly think like, yo, they're they're on so much coke right now. <laughs> yo, his son looks like he could fucking become a wrestler, bro. He, he, he is a wrestler. He is a wrestler. He? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, he he could definitely carry on. Austin the Gunn. Profession. Austin Gunn. Oh yeah, I've heard that name before. Oh, okay. Um, fucking, yeah, man. Uh, I watch AEW and I, I watch NXT, even though it, it is squeaky clean like WWE is. It's just a easier watch to to me. And, like, I haven't watched SmackDown or Raw live in forever. You know, it's just, it's hard, bro. It's 
hard and you got you got a bunch of shit on netflix and all this other stuff to catch up on it's hard to catch, you know squeeze that in that three hour show is heavy it kind it kind of works out for me due to my work schedule by the time i get home i just throw it on and like dynamite has my full attention impact yeah. on tuesdays pretty much has my full attention too i'm kind of invested with what they're giving me and then when it comes to raw nxt and smackdown like i just be watching it and then it's like ugh, let me fast forward through this yeah and and i'm not saying and i'm and it's also not even just the whole fan no fan concept but when it comes to wwe storytelling it's not always consistent yeah yeah and like i said it's just too squeaky clean even the commentary it just it's so overly produced that it's hard to sit through it. Like I, we were just talking about, I enjoy when JR is just going off the fly and kind of just like making little digs at like Excalibur for knowing every fucking hold name and shit like that. Like that's funny to me and how him and Tony kind of like make a reference to their podcast and, you know, it might go over some people's heads, but people like me and you that listen to all of Conrad's podcasts they are like, dude, that was fucking hilarious. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Fucking push, a push, a push. Yeah, it's just, it's it's hard to watch Raw and, and SmackDown right now, you know. And, and, you know, if you're one of the people that are, you know, watching it, you know, that's great because you're contributing to the ratings and stuff like that. But the way my work week is set up, it's hard for me to stay up till 11 o'clock because I'm up super early. And it just, it's hard to sit through it on, on like a Sunday or Saturday. I already know what happened because I listened to a podcast and I got four kids and, you know, everybody wants me to barbecue today. You know, I ain't got time to sit down and catch up on SmackDown. You know what I mean? I can just listen to fucking bust it open and find out what happened anyway. Leo, do you, since this whole pandemic has been going on, Mm -hmm. do you feel like WWE's doing the best they can? Or you kind of think like Vince is just so hardheaded, he doesn't want to go to the AEW direction? Now, Vince, when this whole thing started, he still had the XFL stuff. He still had, you know, the shareholders. He still had, you know, Fox and USA. There's too many fires to put out than to expand and grow your product. I don't know if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, Leo. He is putting out more fires than he is generating content. You know, with the XFL, with, you know, Fox, hey, you don't have Roman Reigns on my TV anymore. Now who do I get? Instead of having to grow something on SmackDown, he's putting out that fire by bringing AJ Styles over. Right. If you didn't have to put out that fire, then you could put a storyline behind it where, you know what, we're going to build it up and then we're going to have this against that and whoever wins gets to, you know, gets to have a pick from the other brand, you know, build a storyline. But with all those fires that he's putting out, He's not going to have a chance. And by the way, I just want to go back because uh, we also got to look at stuff and, and call BS. Uh, as I understand it, Angle doing the special guest ref gig because he's still under the 90-day no-compete so WWE can still use him. Wrong. What happens with the contract when they are let go, okay, that's when that 90-day no-compete clause goes into. If they use him after that, they are paying him outside of that contract and using him outside of that contract. So mm. the 90-day clause happens when they let them go. 
this Kurt Angle coming back is because they went in, they're going to pay him separately from that contract. Now, why does that 90-day uh, no-compete clause go into effect? That's something that McMahon actually made up himself because there was nothing ever in any type of contract that says that you cannot go work somewhere else the next day. He, what he is saying is, and, and I actually read up into this, McMahon's using that 90-day no-compete no compete is because his mindset behind it is that the wrestler knows what the future storylines are going to be, and he can use that in another company. Okay, that is the only reason why that's on their contracts. Now, to Chris Brown, we'll put that on there about the 90 day clause. They can still use them. No, dude, I'm sorry. You're wrong. 90 days after they are let go, fired, terminated. The contract is no longer. That's when the 90 day happens. Now, what happens if they do show up? Because we did see that with Sankara, they're getting sued. That's why that 90 day no compete is on there. Sorry, Leo, you're being, you're being too nice. Just give the fuck. Just give Christopher Brown a congratulations. Congratulations, you played yourself. Just saying, no, no, because a lot of people don't know that. Because no, and again, fine, and it has to fine, do with dude. contracts, and it has to do with what goes on there, what you could do, what you can't do. Some people to this day can't talk about things that happen or things that they know about because they signed the contract to not say shit. You know what I mean? And 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 we're gonna wrap up like soon, but I think AEW's just woke. And what I mean by that is uh, X, our homie X, he brought up the fact that, you know, AEW uh, acknowledges the fact that there's a pandemic happening here. And mm -hmm. WWE's just kind of not even referencing it and just being like, <laughs> oh, willy nilly, like we're just doing shows in a closed studio or whatever. And even going back to like yesterday's pay-per-view, AEW, the, the, not the buy-in, but the actual pay-per-view started with uh, uh, a video package of all the wrestlers, all the talent saying thank you to the first responders, yeah. to the um, the essential workers. They, they just come off being woke. Yeah, absolutely. And WWE, I understand where they're coming from, where they're supposed to be like an escape. Like from, business as you know, usual. The world. But it's kind of just like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's too clean for me. It's too clean. And, you know, I'm, to quote CM Punk, Wrestling's supposed to be a little gritty. It's supposed to be a little dirty. Carney. You know? It is, you know, and for it to be so corporate now. Um it's but, just, but whose fault is that though? It's tough. It's tough to watch a three hour fucking but, roll. Okay, man. but but whose fault is making wrestling corporate? McMahon. McMahon. McMahon, because for every wrestling company, for every wrestling company, right? Your number one your number one thought process or who you be focusing on is the fans because they're the ones that are going to buy your tickets. They're the ones that are going to buy your merch. They're the ones that are going to come to your shows. They're the ones that are going to give you what you're looking for, which is the audience. But for WWE, their number one uh, focus is not the fans. They, I watch John Oliver. What what are you talking about, Leo? They they're they're giving us a plaque for WrestleMania 36 with dirt on it. They I watch I watch John Oliver, and McMahon's reasoning behind this whole pandemic, right, is out there. Now I'm not gonna say what he says. I want you guys to go out there and look when he's talking about sports during the pandemic, because there's a lot of good stuff about other sports that are going on. But John Oliver has always given us information about the WWE that the WWE doesn't want you to know. Okay about contracts, about how things work, how, uh, about how you had um, 
I forget what wrestler it was, talking to somebody on Fox, and then they're like, yeah, I have to go ahead and now get a cab to go over there. And the girl from Fox was like, you guys don't have drivers? Uh, no, we oh, don't Bailey. have drivers. That was, that was Bailey. Yeah, that was Bailey. Yeah. You, no, we don't have drivers. Like We have to find our, our own way to make it over there. You know what I mean? So, again, wrestling has to be carny. It has to be dirty. It has to be gritty. But you can't do that when your number one focus is not your fans. Your number one focus are your shareholders. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they have yeah. to answer to their shareholders, not the fans. And I've said this a thousand times. Their weekly episodic shit is not to sell their pay-per-views. Because that whole that whole thing of you do Raw to sell your pay-per-view, you do SmackDown to sell your pay-per-view, the pay-per-view is already sold. People already have the network. What you're trying to do is get new people to get into the network. Again, your focus is not the fans. Your focus is your shareholders. Hey, we have 100,000 new WWE subscribers. They don't care if they come and go as long as that keep number in, goes up. Keep keep in mind, they haven't really been announcing uh, the subscribers. No, be, because, okay. When was the last time you saw WWE programming announced like, Oh, we just made a record breaking. They haven't done that in a while. You you want me to tell you one thing that that I was actually thinking about the other day? <laughs> Old man Leo on a rant. Yes. So I think it's true that the WWE is gonna be sold. I think it's true. And this is why I think it's true. The one guy that has stood by you for so many years has been the Undertaker. Now, if you can't control them taking care of The Undertaker, what is the next best thing that you can do? Give him a 15-year contract before you sell your company. Give him that contract because then now the people coming in can't change that contract. And if they do, they got to pay him. What, what was all this talk about ESPN and the pay-per-views and all that? That has died down because now you can't like put it together, Right. So this is me and only me, and I'm thinking about this, and I was just sitting there after the whole 15-year contract came out with The Undertaker, and I understand, yes, The Undertaker, this and that, but if it's the one guy that has gone to war for you, being Vince McMahon, either between now and the 15 years, I'm either going to die or I'm going to sell the company. I think he's going to sell the company. And I think this whole thing of the pay-per-view thing, that's just their things in the water then sell it to ESPN or Disney or whoever is going to take it. That's just me thinking about it. I really hope it doesn't happen because I think Triple H has put in enough work for the company to be, you know what I mean? Like, hey, here, you, Shane, and, and, and Stephanie could take care of it from here. But I think he's going to sell the company. Why else would you give The Undertaker a 15-year contract? Oh, man. To sell his likeness for 15 years. No, sir. You got to remember that 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 contract also in, incorporates, you know, the video games, the action so wh- figures. So why don't you do that for Hulk Hogan? He tried. Oh, if you Hogan, go back and, and, and uh, Hogan, you know, uh, Taker has kept player. his nose. At least with Taker, he's kept his nose dirty in the last couple of years. Hogan really <laughs> hasn't. The thing is, if you go back and watch Hogan Knows Best, mm-hmm. there's a episode where Vince McMahon tries to sign him with a lifelong contract. That could Hogan be that could be something that they use for the show. You believe yeah, that that's uh, reality? Hogan was like, no, I'm not doing that. No, that, they, they cut the camera, bro. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay, like, but, when but he, listen. Okay, they cut the camera. 
Yeah. Uh, did you guys see the Broken Skull shit with uh, with Bret Hart? Yes. Okay. What did he say about the whole documentary? That he felt bad that they didn't have enough information or something about that was going on. That that's when he grabbed his ankle brace and said, get the fuck out. Again, he was playing the guys from the documentary. So you're telling me guys that live off of playing people and kayfabing people, you're telling me that they didn't call McMahon and say, you know what, give Hogan a full year, you know, a lifetime contract. Come on, Sam. Ozzy Osbourne showed you that reality TV wasn't real. What the fuck? Leo. <laughs> Sam, it's the truth, though. Oh, it's man. the truth. Leo, what on reality you, TV I, do you believe? I don't think, I don't think WWE is going to get sold anytime oh, soon. Oh, my God. I wish they get sold tomorrow. I don't think I don't think this is gonna happen. And Vince McMahon tries to sign these legends to long-term contracts so that he could sell their life. What other legend? What other legend has he sold, has he signed to a 15-year um, contract? Sure Rick Flair has nope. signed a long-term contract, and he no. came out. And said Rick Flair is probably year to year. No, look it up, Leo. I'm looking He's it up right now. He signed Ric Flair to a long-term contract. contract. It's literally like a couple weeks ago. Mario, help me out here. Yo, One day this, ago. This 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 show just went off the rails. It's all the way left, bro. <laughs> for no for no reason. <laughs> this show just went off the rails. <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's wrap This, this would up. be a new legends deal that will likely see him in the WWE for the foreseeable future, but there is no actual number on how long he oh. signed for two days ago. Okay. Let, all right, Leo. What's your plug, then? I'm just saying. LosRadio.com! <sighs> That's it. That's oh, all I got. God. Sam? <laughs> <laughs> go go follow um, JBToys1 on Instagram. Don't forget the number one at the end of JBToys. He's got a tremendous collection. If you want to get a belt made, go check it out. Uh, you know, he, he runs his business, uh, straight through the Instagram DM, um, you know, trust, trust and believe he'll get it done for you. Um, I was a little weary at first. I was like, Oh shit. You know, there's no invoice or anything like that. Just over DM, but he'll make it happen. He's made titles for ring of honor in the past. Uh, you know, does he make custom titles? Like if I yeah, was to tell him to, to make, make a Lucha Outsiders title. Outsiders title. If there you go. Throw up a couple, you know, hundred, each of us can go in on it. We could get our own title made for the podcast. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking about starting your own wrestling promotion, check it out, man. He's done custom titles for other nice. uh, wrestling promotions, like indie promotions and things like that. So JB Toys One, he's got a crazy collection, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you're into that 80s kind of shit like I am. Check it out. Uh, he's a good brother, too, and uh, does like a 645 Instagram live show with one of his buddies talking about wrestling and, you know, oh, nice. stuff like that. So you, like you, you should have plugged this podcast, uh, too. I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, we check it out. Follow JB Toys yeah, if you follow this page, it'll, you'll you'll get the information on it. Um, follow me at Sammy Suplex everywhere. Um, everywhere. That's Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. And that's about it, man. Oh, man, I'm still trying to get over what just happened the last couple of minutes. <laughs> uh, let me give a, let me give let me also give a shout out to uh, 
nerds clothing uh he hooked me with the joey janela jacket hooked up sam and brie with uh the pmp proud and powerful jackets um dude has amazing work he's about to drop uh, a naito jacket soon so yeah. uh if you're not it's that should fire. be fire so if um you're not a fan of the chalk line jackets if you're one of these you know culture vultures fucking cloud chases that's like oh i'm not supporting chalk line anymore go go support yeah. uh uh nerds clothing um they have a great brand over there by the way for uh, the people hold on real quick by the people that are saying that they don't they're going donate towards the title and a gofundme there is already a, a gofundme it's gofundme.com slash los radio which all that stuff does come to everything that we do here Nah, 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 nah. Hold up. Wait. Nah, 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 nah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. If, if, if we're going to do a GoFundMe, uh-huh. if we decided to do a GoFundMe, we're going to do one for Lucha, Los Radio got Nah, we're not, we're not doing that, Leo. No. Okay. If, if people, if, if, if right. people are really right, no, serious. That's fine, that's fine. Go ahead. Donating for the title, that's we'll fine. do a separate one. Okay. Uh, if you... <laughs> If you want to follow me, follow me at Rated R since 87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And that's about it. Yo, what's up with your boy Joe Flacco getting signed by the Jets? Hey, Hey. man, maybe maybe he'll do something over there at the Jets, which I highly doubt because he didn't really do much with the Broncos. (laughs) That's exactly what we do, man. The Jets will always sign somebody at the end of their career. We had Brett Favre, now we got Flacco. This is, man, this is just terrible. I just hope football does come back. It'll come back. Well, well, listen, if this pandemic continues to happen, like it's going right now, right, where things are still not opening up in full capacity, you know Florida's going to be, they're going to make sure they still have their football because you got three (laughs) teams over there. Three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, going back to what you said about nerds clothing, I, I I like this jacket better than their chalk line jackets. It's like like smoother, like silkier. Yeah. They have like a nice little finish on them. Nice. Silkier. That's what you just said. Silkier. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, he said. They're nice. Oh boy. What a crazy off the rails for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ben Cliff says he's going to do a GoFundMe for the Nyla Rose big ass to do a Samoan drop on Sammy Suplex. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Set that up. Set that up. This is great. Oh, God. Show us something else. Well, at least uh, you can go back and watch the pay-per-view from last night. At least we have something on wrestling TV that is enjoyable. Right, right. right. There you go. Go! Alright, for the old man Leo that goes on the rant. Force Sammy Suplex. You're truly Mr. Radar. Keep it radar and stay to sleep.